What up, what up, what up? I'm here from the friendly confines of the Slapdick Cigar Lounge and Studio right here live. Uh, appreciate you guys. Everybody in the chat, give me a thumbs up. Make sure you can hear me. If you notice, I am, I'm like uh, what we call uh, free balling. Men call it free balling. Give me a thumbs up if you can hear me. You know why? Because I don't have a mic. I don't have a mic anymore. So if you can hear me, let me know. We are all wireless in this bitch. We are all wireless in here so I can walk around the friendly confines of the Slapdick Studio. I can show you some shit. Walk around. We got the new camera set up. I spent a bunch of fucking money yesterday. And got this new camera, the wide angle, special fucking zoomer, all kind of whatever shit. The IT men, my boy Enoch helped me out with. And now we got this wireless mic strapped up right to me. I could walk around, chill. And breaking news in Cali, it is snowing. I just dropped a Twitter video. Uh, it is snowing in California. It is snowing in California. I'm talking really low, by the way, and the shit is right here on me, so I can walk around, move around. You can see, look, you can see the poker chips on the table. If anybody want to get their ass beat, come join me anytime. We're Thirsty Thursday. We're on this Thirsty Thursday today. Please let me know if uh, you think anything needs to be changed. I know lighting is one thing, but you know what? This is kind of the vibe also, so I don't want to go too bright. The only thing I'm changing is... I know it looks like a fireplace behind me on the big TV on the 80 inch. That's not a that's not a fireplace, by the way, or a fake fireplace. You know, I don't do fake shit. What it is is it's a fan light above me, and it's spinning, and you're seeing the reflection. So that's all it is. On the other side is a mirror, and you're seeing one of the TVs probably reflecting in that. So I'm letting you know what's going on with the setup. Uh, so it's 80 degrees on the East Coast. It's snowing on the West Coast. I would say we are fucked. <laughs> how, how, how is it 80 degrees in January, in February on the East Coast? Like, I get it. We're getting close to spring, but it really not spring. Like, we just went through a winter. Now, we're getting the winter on the West Coast. You guys are 80 degrees on the east coast i think we're all fucked up man conspiracy theorists are talking right now coach this is a cover-up for what's going on with the train derailment this is a cover-up for what's going on in east palestine ohio this is a cover-up for what's going on uh in ukraine and russia and the nukes and china and... <laughs> shut the fuck up you know what it is it's fucking weather it wasn't a cover-up when it snowed here like three years ago. I came home from Vegas and it was snowing like a motherfucker. I had all the dogs were running like crazy in there. They love the snow. Nobody tripped when it flooded the fuck out of Southern California 25 years ago when I was younger and I had to drive through it and it flooded my truck. You know what the was? Can you hear the lighter? 
That's kind of hard, huh? Breaking news. I'm breaking news today. I like this chill, laid back. You know, I don't got no... Coach, talk to me about fucking the Giants. Motherfucker, I'll talk to you about whatever I want. You fucking hang out and chill. You ain't doing shit. <laughs> if you really want to be honest, you want to go Google this lighter? This, this, this motherfucker right here? Just so you know, this bad boy right here, you hit that bitch one time, that's it. You don't got to do nothing else. It's an icon. Go check it out. Uh, this one right here is probably about 250 300 I don't know. Uh, it was a gift, though. I didn't pay for it. We're here on this Thirsty Thursday. I appreciate everybody pounding the like button, subscribe, become a member if you're not. We got up to almost 100 Slap Nation new members. I appreciate you guys. Uh, keep grinding on that. Uh, hopefully, we get, there's, there's eight. I think there's 90. Let's see if we can get another 10 by before tomorrow. Join into the Slap Nation. Come on to the Discord. Talk, chop it up with us. Uh, this show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code Believe B L E A V and get you fifty percent off. Welcome bonus. Also, um, you know this show is brought to you by CanadaDipsCBD.com. Use the promo code CoachJB, all caps, and get you twenty percent off plus free shipping. CanadaDipsCBD.com. Head on over there and check it out. Uh, yeah, it's cold. It's snowing out here, uh, B-Mart. It's snowing by the house. Uh, LBC in the house. Speak about it. We chat about it. That's right, brother. I appreciate you. Uh, I'm going to do a trivia question today. And uh, we're going to we're gonna start you off, though, as you always know, with the quote of the day. Uh, let's get that started. Be careful who you trust. Salt and sugar look the same. <laughs> Salt and sugar look the same. Be careful who you trust. A lot of you guys, young and ignorant, you just stuck your finger in a jar. You licked, you licked that bitch. You thought it was sugar, and it was salt. Just telling you, dog, that's real shit. You better be careful who you trust because salt and sugar looks the absolute same. Um. And I don't know if you realize that shit. I tell you guys all the time. Don't be surprised about being backstabbed. Be surprised at who's fucking doing the stabbing. That's the shocker. That's not even a shocker no more, though. Um, contrary to belief. Real quick. Four, my four things I live by in life I want to talk to you about. This is things money can't buy. Everyone's so worried about money. Number one, manners. Manners can't buy fucking money. I know that much. Manners cannot buy money. Uh, just contrary to belief morals motherfucking morals cannot buy money i don't know if you know that or not but morals cannot buy money um i mean money cannot buy morals i'm sorry i'm over here doing multitasking shit um hold on a second let me get my let me get my man get shut the fuck up all right hold up hold up now hold up hold up God damn. Um, let's see how I do this. Let's see, let's see, let's see. There we go. I got me a little uh I got me a little tripod thing, a little fucking tripod thing for the phone. Yes, sir. Um 
All right, contrary to belief, things money can't buy. This is what JB thinks. I kind of put it in my own little order. All right, manners, number one. Money can't buy manners. Morals or morale, shit. But morals, money can't buy morals. Respect, money can't buy. Character, common fucking sense. Money can't buy common sense. Trust, definitely can't buy trust. Patience, class. Money can't buy class, can't teach class integrity there that that's probably possibly could have been number one money can definitely not buy integrity that is something you need to figure out on your own and love money can't buy it sorry you could all talk that shit why you think all these actresses actors why you think all these um people in entertainment world just recycle each other what i'm confused why are we recycling each other if if you think money can buy love? <laughs> Last night, uh, Alabama played the kid Brandon Miller um, against South Carolina. Uh, it announced it about three and a half hours before tip-off. And... The kid has 41 points and hits the game winner. (laughs) Everybody's up in arms. Everybody's pissed. Everybody's mad at Alabama, uh, the president, the AD, the head coach, Oates, for letting the kid play. Listen, I have no idea what's going on with this case. I don't just keep up with cases on a daily basis on what's happening. I don't really know. All I know is that the kid went off had 41 points. Now, is that is that something that uh is was 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 expected? I have no idea. I have no idea what's going on. Now, let me let me let me get to the facts here. How was he allowed to play if the facts are that he really took the gun and took it over to the dude, and then later that guy committed the heinous crime of capital murder, they say, with it. Now, that's what I want to know. How was that factual evidence and he's playing basketball? That's all I want to know. I do not know the facts. I do not know what's happening in the case like that. So in that case, I can't comment and say, hell no, he would have never played for me. I don't know the case. So I don't know if he was... If he was, uh, how are you convicted of taking the gun there, but not convicted of an accessory? Because I'm just confused. Because this is the case. This is the facts. I've had to help defend some of my former players who have spent time in jail when a murder was occurred. By the way, the police actually shot one of my players and killed him. This was years ago. He actually wasn't one of my players. He was one of my players' cousins that was living with one of my big-time running backs, who I still talk to this day. He spent a year in jail. Luckily, my lawyer, uh, Richard Barnwell, rest in peace, who was my Johnny Cochran real attorney, not the one you guys believe everything on Netflix. JB was charged with felonies. and Shut the fuck up. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Anyway, one of my best friends in the world, Rich Barnwell, who passed away un- 
fortunately, uh, about a year ago on a horrific motorcycle accident here in California. Um, that's who, by the way, that's who the, the, the state of Kansas tried to say that I impersonated. <laughs> Just so you're clear. I want to make sure, because I've never really spoke about it, because I really couldn't. But I just want you to all understand something. You do realize that one of my best friends in the world is a Johnny Cochran attorney for my whole life. And he used to defend not only myself, but my players. And he's gotten more of my players off crimes that were allegation, crimes, allegations, than uh, any, any other attorney ever would, by the way. So... Let me make sure. Let me make sure we're clear here. Why the hell would I use him to fake an email? <laughs> you know why? Because they did it calculated. They did it calculated. You know why they did it? So that he couldn't represent me. So then, guess what? I spent a hundred k to defend my honor and my name. Anyway, that's going to be a whole nother discussion one day. But anyway, Ritz passed away last year, unfortunately, on a motorcycle crash uh, on the 101 and the 10 freeway. On the 110 freeway. So the, the moral of the story is he's defended a lot of my players. Well, one of my former players' cousins got killed by Torrance police. It was on national news. They shot him 28 times. Of course, I defended my kid, and, and, and the kid was in the car, and the kid that got shot was actually hitting a lick was actually stealing purses from some houses my kid didn't know he was he was the kid in the back seat like where are we going he's like i oh, was going to my girl's house now did my boy know or not i don't know but i do know one thing when they found out my kid the other kid was robbing they chased him and the police chased him my kid left well they pulled him over arrested him Ten minutes later, they shot and killed the kid, his cousin. Shot him 28 times. He had no weapon on him, by the way. And it was national news. The mother sued the city of Torrance and, and all that. You can Google this story, by the way, uh, that I was a part of. That I helped part defend my kid with. Uh, Rich Barnwell helped me on this whole thing. So then, guess what that kid was? An accomplice to murder. The, a murder, they call it murder, and the cops killed the kid. <laughs> that is in California, by the way. That is what they called it. Accomplice to murder. But my kid was the one that got killed by the police. So let that sink in real quick. Now, just so we're clear, this kid gave a gun to a cat that killed somebody. And there is no accomplice to murder in that case. Now that is why America's fucked up and divided. We don't have the same laws in America. We don't even have the same laws. California has its own shit. Alabama has its own. And it's like, come on, man. So one of my kids can be in a car. The kid, the other kid runs, gets killed by police, and he's an accomplice to murder. But this guy can give a gun to somebody. He goes and kills him, and he's innocent. He's not a, he's not, uh, uh, he's not a suspect. <laughs> hey. Each his own, man. It is what it is. All I'm telling you is that's what's going on. And uh, I don't know if that is the true case. Would he have ever played for me? Hell no. But that must not be. 
I there's there's no way for me to fathom that a fo- a head coach, athletic director, and president of a university like Alabama, where Nick Saban coaches, would allow that to happen if there wasn't something going on that we don't really know. There's no way they allow that kid to play. Anyway, kid goes as 41 last night, hits the game winners um, against South Carolina. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, T. Martin is moving from receivers coach to quarterbacks coach. Holy shit. Now, how many times have you heard me on my show talk about why isn't T. Martin coaching Lamar Jackson? Why have, how many times has anyone in here heard me? How about you please raise your hand? How many times have you heard me say, why is T. Martin not coaching Lamar Jackson? Like, I'm just being honest. I want to know. Why is T. Martin not coaching Lamar Jackson? So now they hire a cat straight out of college to coach him last year. And now finally they move T. over to quarterbacks. But guess what? Is it too late? Because I'm hearing Lamar Jackson wants more money than Deshaun Watson. He wants more guaranteed money than Deshaun Watson. And he doesn't even have an agent. So, uh, I don't know, dog. I don't know. Um, LBC said, uh, but what do I know, actor? LBC said, I have to agree that there's something going on there that we don't know about. Um, yeah, I don't know. We're going to see. Um, everybody's up in arms, dog. We're in pins and needles. Everyone's worried about Putin, Russia, China doing weather balloons. There's, 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 there's HD quality pictures of the fighter, fighter pilot that shot down the first weather balloon over, uh, Myrtle beach. If you saw the pictures, the balloon is hanging like a device from it. I, it's over my pay grade, dog. I can't even comment on that type of stuff. I don't know what is going on. TikTok, what up? Um, man, I got some Cabrillo gear, RG, RJS. I got some Cabrillo gear. Um, appreciate everybody joining me, man. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. Uh, everybody on TikTok, become a member. Come on over to YouTube Live. We're in here in the business, in the new Slapdicks Cigar Lounge and Studio. Uh, appreciate everybody in here coming on in, chilling. Uh, appreciate all you guys. Uh, yeah, Saquon Barkley. That's another one of my questions. Uh, first of all, poll question. I got a poll question. TikTok, YouTube, everybody drop it in the, in the comment section below. Who do the Giants prioritize? Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley? Um, I did do it myself, uh, Nicker Jones. I did do it myself. Uh, we, uh, me and, uh, two buddies of mine created this whole thing. I don't, it's so, it's so far beyond a garage now. I, I can't even call it a garage dog. Cause it's disrespectful. If you ever see this room, you'll be tripping like, damn, Travis Everett came over from TikTok. Much love, much love. It's my crib landing prior. Who the hell is crib you think it is? Motherfucker. 
Appreciate you guys coming on over. Uh, no, no bathroom. I didn't put a bathroom in here. Nope. That's my, I put a bathroom sign so everyone in here that goes inside knows where the bathroom is and shuts the damn door. That's what that is, so you know. Um, Hector says, Daniel Jones, you prioritize. Saquon said, so listen, I appreciate you guys. Hector knows football because Hector bets football. And if you bet football like Hector does and has success like Hector does, you know football of some degree. Hector knows what he's talking about because I say Daniel Jones for the simple fact that Saquon Barkley has already been injured and has already shown that life expectancy in the NFL at the running back position is short-lived. So if you, Landon, it's all good. I'm just playing with you. Uh, if you, if you, if it's, short, it's short-lived, so how can you make him your priority? Quarterbacks is what drives this league. If we have bad quarterbacks, you're going to have a bad league. Look at the XFL. Look at the USFL. Look at the CFL. Quarterback play is average. You have bad football. And that's why I say NFL football is right now as watered down as we've ever seen it because the quarterback position is very, very bad. Quarterback position in the NFL, although you might go, damn, coach, what you talking about? Josh Allen's a freak. Patrick Mahomes is a freak. Burrow. Trevor Lawrence. Aaron Rodgers is still playing. Lamar Jackson, three years off an MVP. Justin Fields on the come up. What you talking about? I didn't say quarterback play was not the most athletic I've ever seen it. <laughs> I, if I say that football quarterbacks are not athletic, I would be the biggest idiot you've ever heard speak and just hang up and don't ever come back to my show. I said the quarterback position is more athletic than we've ever seen it in the history of football. But I also said it's the worst quarterback play that we've ever seen. Just listen instead of hear me sometimes. Quarterbacks that are athletic are great. Patrick Mahomes is a quarterback who's athletic. Lamar Jackson is an athlete playing quarterback. Just so we're clear. So you understand the difference between the two. So Morgan Ellison uh, called me the other day. A shout out to Morgan. Uh, plays for the Seattle um xfl team um so that is why i say quarterback play is at all-time low overall and that's why i think nfl is kind of suffering during the regular season playoffs when you get two teams playing each other it's going to be good football you got the greatest players on earth playing each other you're going to have a quality football you're going to get ratings you're going to get people to show up Super Bowl at its third or whatever, highest rated ever, 118 million or whatever. And compared to basketball, where the All-Star game the other day was an all-time low. All-time low for the NBA basketball game. So, you know, the XFL game that was on at the same time as the NBA All-Star game was comparable. Now, that is bad, NBA. That is really, really bad. And Adam Silver won't even talk about why people are load managing. So, you know, that's just my thing. Uh, what up, what up, TikTok? Everybody in here, we're in the new Slapdick Cigar Studio and Lounge. RJS said, I heard Cabrillo need a head coach. Boy, I, they better keep hoping and wishing and praying. 
<laughs> hey, we got the uh, the NASCAR here this weekend in Cali. Is it going to go off, though? Because right outside my door, it's snowing. It is snowing in Southern California right now. And the Fontana Speedway this weekend in Cali is having is hosting the NASCAR. Uh, I got to see if my boy Tioka Jackson's out here, man, or, or Bernard Pollard. Are they here? If they are. I might show up to a NASCAR event. Shit, why not? Um, but I hear it's going to be snowing. I hear it's going to be snowing. So we'll see what's up. Uh, UNLV football player died. I was talking about yesterday. Now it's under investigation. They're trying to blame the training staff, the coaching staff, saying the kid had a prior ailment. I don't know the situation too deep in detail. Um, but again, I equate it to the, the, the Oates deal in Alabama when he said, when these kids leave practice, I can't control them. And I said, that's the biggest slap in the face of all coaches in the country that have ever coached and all coaches who are leaders of men turning boys into men and all coaches who try to help their kids succeed in life not just the sport, to help them win games. So you got too many coaches nowadays help just wanting the kid to help you win games so you can get a new job and don't give a shit about the kid. That is one big reason why you have a transfer portal issue in America. That is one big reason why you have an NIL deal in America. These kids don't trust what you're saying because they look through you and know you're fake as hell. And that's why they're leaving your school. That's number one. Number two, we're just pussy soft. We understand that as well. And it starts at the household and the parents. We've talked about this a million times. Number three, if the kid don't trust what the coach is selling them and you still sign with them, then it's you problem, son. It is a you problem, mom. You didn't turn over enough rocks to realize that this coach lied to you and you can't tell the difference between a good character evaluation and a car salesman. That is a you problem, mom, kid, dad, whoever else is involved in the process. Maybe you should tighten your circle up, kid, player, recruit. And maybe you should figure out, okay, something that sounded too good. Usually when it's too good, it's true. It's not true. Too good to be true is usually a real thing. It transferred at an all-time rate. Well, if you say that I don't have any bearing on any of these kids' decision-making when they leave practice or the game, and then you got two kids on your roster that are involved in a capital murder. This is the school that Nick Saban is coaching at. That Bear Bryant built. This isn't like San Jose State where there's no real sports tradition. <laughs> You're at Alabama. So let me break this down real quick. UNLV has a kid die and... I equate it to Oates at Alabama. Why? Because I don't believe you have your thumbprint on the heartbeat of your players. And if you don't have your thumb on the heartbeat of the player, then how do you know what's going on? If this kid's in North Vegas chilling every night, shooting dice, and cats getting smoked all around them, that's you problem, coach. In Alabama, if we got two players on my roster of 15 – and you got two of my 15 players. Do the percentage on that. What is the percentage? Two out of 15. 
please, let somebody give me the percentage. I'm not a math major. I'm just a motherfucking hustler. <laughs> so give me the percentage of 2 of 15, and then I'm going to do the math. And then I'm going to break down what I think about Brandon Miller playing at Alabama last night. Because a kid dies at UNLV, just real quick. One kid out of one kid at Alabama, one kid at Alabama, or one kid at UNLV passes away out of, on a roster of 100, let's just say, all right? One out of 100 is a failure. Two out of 15 at Alabama on a basketball team, which they're saying is about 13%. 13% of your roster just committed a capital murder. Now, here's my question to you. How does the president, the AD, and the head coach allow a player who was involved in a capital murder to play in a game where the other person that pulled the trigger is in jail and now you have a situation that's on your hands that is going to end up being global news and it's going to bring a bad light to a great sports program? Well, the coach said, I don't have any bearing on what happens after uh, when I leave here. TikTok cats are saying, it's on the kid. Well, the, the guy on the TikTok that says it's on the kid is an idiot. You are a fucking dick writer who don't know anything. So you're just talking because you want to talk to me because you're a fanboy. And so, of course, you're talking. I mean, we know who you are. You're a keyboard coward. <laughs> But you see me later on tomorrow at, at Walmart, and you'll probably get on your knees and go, because you're a dick rider. So anyway, having said that, coaches 1,000% have an impact on the kids when they, leave their, when they leave their watch, when they leave their friendly confines of practice, the field, the turf, the court. If you don't believe so, you're just an idiot. You're an absolute idiot because I already talked about it yesterday. Um, but we're going to get into that more in detail later. Steve Kim's going to join us here uh, in the second hour of the show. The Titans release uh, Woods. They released, they released uh, Buzzing with the Boys' very own Taylor Lewan. Uh They got under the cap by doing so. Um Appreciate everybody, man. Yeah, we're at the Cigar Lounge right here on the Coach JB's uh, Slapdick Cigar Lounge and studio. Um, this will be the future studio of the show. We're just working on a few little things. I might have to lighten up a little bit so you can see me, but it looks that's what I want. I want the cigar vibe. Uh, I want the cigar vibe, so that's what it is. So you see the you know the warmer yellow light. That's it. That is what it is. Um, A.D. Walk said, is a boss responsible for employees after they leave work? Well, let's let's break this down now. Now you're talking about semantics because you're talking about a boss, which we, 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 we probably will agree. A boss is a grown person and so is the employee. And if when once you said boss and employee, by definition, employee gets a paycheck. That is a taxable income, just so we're clear. Don't get into NIL yet, slapdick. 
You ask the question, I'm answering it. So when you're an employee, you're obviously a grown person. You're cashing a check. That means you work for that person and you are a grown man doing grown man things. So you are solely responsible for yourself as an employee with a taxable income. You're letting down yourself, your family, your kids. You're taking food off your plate. When we're talking coach versus player, the coach is a 1,000% accountable for a player who don't know anything yet because we're teaching boys to be future employees. He's not yet an employee. Yeah, he's an employee. He's an NIL. Well, guess what? Go do the research. Not all kids are on NIL deals. Not all kids are getting paid like you think. The average NIL deal is $300. So let's make sure you do the research before you start talking about employee versus player. Because players are not employees. They don't even know how to wipe their ass yet. A little less change the oil in their car or change the brake pads on their car. They don't even know how to drive a car. But you've already anointed them and given them the keys to the car anyway. Guys like you who think employees and players are on the same level. No, they're not. We're teaching players how to be employees. <laughs> you don't, don't skip the fact, homie. Don't skip that whole process. The bosses, are they in control of the employee when they leave work? Come on, dog. Now you're just trying to get, now you're just trying to get in the conversation. Like, dog, be rational. Talk realness. Be honest. Let's keep it real here. We don't, we don't, this is barbershop banter. Talk it up. Ask questions. Disagree. I'm all for it. But an employee versus a player, even with NIL, let's be honest, NIL is 1% of the people making this big money that you see. 1% of them get the big money, just so we're clear. Employees are grown people that earn an income, that cash a check. Players are 17, 19, 18, 20-year-olds who don't know how to wipe their ass yet. So just be clear. Uh, yeah, it's snowing, dog. It's snowing. It's snowing out here. Uh, at what point does your adult player become a man? When he learns how to become a man and turn a boy into a man. A man is somebody that is a leader. Leaders create more leaders, not more followers, just so we're clear. I just want to make sure you're clear with that. So you asked a valid point. When does an adult become a man? Um, well, there's a very, very fine line right, right there. I don't believe I don't believe just because you're 18, you're an adult. Legally, you're an adult. But I want to know, I want to do a research study on how many 18-year-olds who you classify as adults, this country classifies as adults, can get you a person, a human, from point A to point B. That is how I classify an adult. Can you get someone from point A to point B? That's what I'm confused on. That is what a man does, by the way. A man provides for himself, his kids, his family. A man actually doesn't ask for anything, just so we're clear. Unless it's a favor that he needs, you know, of course. Hell, give me some water. Give me a coffee. I don't know. I mean, that's if you want to talk about asking for something, I ask for that type of shit. But I'm not asking you to pay my mortgage. I'm not asking you to pay my car note. That's what a, a, I wouldn't be a man. So I'm just being clear here. A man 
can get you where you could not get yourself. That means everyone that's underneath him or someone that's equal to him, he can elevate. That is what a true man is. By having said that, a man must know how to change the oil on his car and the brake pads in his car. Doesn't mean he has to do it. Isis said he needs to know how to do it. Because a man, if he's stranded on the side of the road somewhere and there is no one to call, guess what a man does? Changes the shit, fixes it, figures it out. I guarantee you, 99% of you boys out here who think they're adults could not do what I just said. Let's just keep it real. <laughs> Bree, not only, not only is your brain not fully formed till you're 25, I do know for one fact that females mature much greater at a greater rate than males do. And we're only worried about when do you become a man? When does an adult become a man? Shit. Much more, much later than a, a girl becomes a woman. <laughs> I'll tell you that. This cat on, on TikTok said, if somebody couldn't, they could just YouTube, dog. <laughs> That's the problem. So you're telling me you're stranded out in the Sierra Nevadas with no Wi-Fi. What you going to YouTube then, homeboy? That's your problem. You cats depend on YouTube, dog. You cats depend on a video to show you how to change your brakes, dog. There's a time coming where you ain't going to be able to get on your phone, homeboy. Guarantee you. And it's going to be a sad day. Because all these old heads that you, you hate yelling on the front lawn are going to be saving your little diaper rash ass having motherfucking ass kids. I'm just going to tell you right now. Just make sure you're clear. And I do agree that fathers aren't teaching kids anymore. Well, there's two parts of that. There may not be any fathers around doing it. And then the other side of the fact, the matter is we're becoming dependent on social media and YouTube, just as you just said. So I know people that can YouTube a video and that does not mean that just because the guy shows you how to change the oil, that you're going to go out there and take the video and change the oil. I guarantee you're going to go out there and still be like, damn, what is this? Oh my God, my fingernails are oil. What is my fingernails? What are they dirty for? Because you ain't never busted a grape in a fruit fight, homeboy. That's the bottom line. You don't know how to bust a grape. You can't get your fingers dirty. A.D. Walk, much love to you. Uh, A.D. Walk came in, talked that talk. Uh, he dropped the dub in the, in the chat. Uh, appreciate you. Become a member, man. Um, see, I don't think a man can take care of himself and pay his own bills. I don't know, J-Biz. I think a man is even beyond that. See, I think there's some hustlers out here who are 17 years old that are paying their own bills. See, I think that's, I think there's kids out here that are kids who are hustling out here, either slanging dope or YouTubers or Instagram models. They're 17, 16, 18 years old. They're not men and they're paying their own bills. They still don't, they're still not a man to me. They're still not a man to me. Just because, shit, dog, we grew up in the dope era, homie. We were 15, 16 years old. We had big cash in our pocket. That didn't make me a man. 
I could pay for my dad's mortgage at 15 years old. That didn't make me a man at all. I still didn't know how to go from point A to point B or elevate anyone in my circle. I did not know how to get them from point A to point B. I could not teach a kid how to change the oil. I could not, well, I could at 15, but these kids, I could not teach a kid how to get a college degree. I cannot teach a kid how to get the XYZ done. That is what I believe a man is. I believe a man can get you where you could not get yourself, similar to what a coach and a teacher can do, similar to what they do. That is kind of how I declare it, uh, define it. We hadn't even got the show started, dog. We're already uh, we're already 41 minutes deep into this. I appreciate everybody. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, Jamar said he became a he became a man at around 27. Hey, dog, they say your life don't even start till you're 30. That's just an old adage. They say your life don't even start till you're 30. Uh, lots to discuss here. Um, all right, Uncle Ben, what up? Uh, Whitlock kicked me off. Uh, KC610 radio. I went on the next day. They hung up on me. <laughs> hey, dog. The truth hurts people, dog. That is what it is. The truth hurts folks. If you can't debate with me and don't know the facts, then don't have me on your show. Matt McChesney comes on my show. We debate all the time. He said yesterday that uh, Mike Leach was transcendent and all this, and, I, and, I, and my point was... Uh, no, he's not, because if he would have played, I said, I, I said, he, I didn't say he wasn't transcending. I said, quit saying that I said this. I didn't say that Mike Leach wasn't X, Y, Z. I said Mike Leach could have been better if he would have played football. Mike Leach didn't play football. That is an opinion. So in my opinion, okay, another opinion, opinions are not debatable. Depen opinions are not debatable. Opinions are only arguable. Let that sink in. Because opinions are your own. I believe everyone should have their own opinion. And if my opinion is Patrick Mahomes is XYZ, then it's my opinion. Then we have professional opinions. My professional opinion is that Mike Leach did not play football. So if Mike Leach would have played football, I believe he may have gotten over the hump and had the, the little nuances that it would have took from being in a locker room with men bleeding sweating crying with men in a locker room setting when you were a player that could have elevated you over the hump to win a possible national title i said mike leach was a great coach but he never won anything meaningful the argument was right the argument was that mike leach is still great and i was just hating that's not an argument i didn't say he wasn't great I said he did not win anything meaningful. That's fact. And I said my opinion is that Mike Leach could have been better if he was a player. The similar way as Charlie Weiss. I think Charlie Weiss as a head coach was an ultimate failure. Notre Dame, Kansas University. Everywhere he went as a head coach, he failed miserably. 
I said Charlie Weiss, Mike Leach, coaches that have not played the game lack the finite detail to possibly get them over the hump to be better in a sport played by men, which is a gladiator sport played by men. So that was the whole debate yesterday, an argument. I don't believe arguments can be debated. I think they are arguments. So they're only going to be arguments. <laughs> they're arguable. That's it. Opinions are just argued. There's no debate in it. A debate is when you have facts involved. There was no facts. It's in my opinion that Mike Leach, if he would have played ball, he could have possibly been a better coach and got over the hump. Because we're judging coaches on winning national titles the last time I checked. So that is what the whole conversation was about. So I just want to clarify. Now, the whole topic was, JB, you don't take opinions very lightly or you don't take opinions very seriously when they're saying that the, you're saying when the player didn't play or the person making the opinion did not have prior playing experience. And I said, exactly right. I am with Braden Fajoko, the, the, the L.A. Chargers D tackle who's been on this show. We talked about people who talk about the sport, who never played the sport. Opinions don't hold the same amount of water that they do with players and opinion makers who played the sport. That is the whole debate. That was all it was. i rather listen to somebody who played than someone who did not play. That is my whole, that was my whole argument. That's Braden Fajoko's argument. Matt McChesney don't agree with that. He thinks that you you cannot play and have opinions. I, I, I don't agree, disagree. I think you can have opinions if you didn't play. I just said, I'd rather listen to somebody that played. That's it. So I just want to be clear. Um, TikTok, that's, I was addressing TikTok, YouTube. You guys were here yesterday. Uh, Uh, I want to be clear on all that. Uh, yeah, Charlie Weiss was bad as a head coach. I'm just telling you. Charlie and Mike Leach had great seasons, but he never got over that proverbial hump, which we ultimately judge coaches on. And rest in peace, Mike Leach. Great dude. Great human. Fuck. Hell of a dude to hang around, man. I love hanging around with the dude. Uh, but he never got over the hump. He never got that, nat that natty. You know what I mean? That's what people judge you on. Like, dog, we live in a... What have you done for me lately business? Like, don't mistake anything about it. If you sell cars and you sold 10 cars yesterday off the lot, when you show up today to work, you're dropping your nuts walking around that bitch like, look at me, I'm King Dick. Because everyone's looking at you like, damn, you sold 10 cars yesterday in one day. But, dog, it only lasts till today because Johnny's going to sell 11 cars today. Nobody remembered your 10 car sales yesterday, dog. Nobody cares no more about what you did yesterday. Just bottom line. And somebody's going to top you every single day. Nobody cares about Kareem today. Everybody cares about LeBron today. But I'm going to be honest with you. I love this Stephen A. Or not Stephen A. I love Stephen Jackson's comment that he showed yesterday. If you haven't seen this comment, uh, Stephen A or Stephen Jackson, um, have a listen to Stephen Jackson. What he had. To I'm Shannon Sharp getting into it with Dylan Brooks. Yeah, well, well, Shannon Sharp, that's my aunt. I love Shannon. I talk to him all the time. Just gotta remember, aunt, 
Braun ain't gonna run up and fight nobody for you. Keep that in mind. Um, Hold on, what? What? Braun ain't gonna run up and fight nobody for you. He has Why? a point. Because that's not Braun's MO. Braun like, Braun's not gonna do that. Like, and Braun can see Shannon at a restaurant get into a scuffle. If he with his family, he ain't finna run over there. That's the last thing Braun for So keep that in mind, Uncle, Uncle uh, uh, Shay Shay. Braun is not gonna fight for you. I know you love him, but he's not finna, you know what I'm saying? It's not gonna be reciprocated. You can't put up 37 points on the next night to break your record. Then the next night, just say, us, you ain't playing. Nah. Can't do that, I And didn't, didn't come out and play the next night? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we all love Braun. And everybody's, everybody's, nobody's above being criticized, bro. Nobody. Even LeBron. Jordan, Kobe. And as a player, we see things different. There's no way I could have been on that team and not had a problem with him going get 40 points and then the, to break the record then the next night not play. Like I wouldn't have been, I would that, that wouldn't have said well with me. Exactly. Thank you, former NBA player. Thank you for somebody that came out who's now a media member. All the smoke on H, on H, on Showtime, Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. He said it would not have set well with him. If LeBron James breaks the record of the next day, don't show up to work. That is the difference in this generation and that one. Just telling you, dog. Um, LBC said that's not the world we live in anymore, Stephen A. Ja or Stephen Jackson. And everyone else is going to say they're going to go right to playing career. That's what they're going to say. They're not going to listen to anything Stephen Jackson said. You know why? Steven Jackson, you're not shit. You were barely anything. LeBron's LeBron. Doesn't matter, dog. He played in the league. He played at that level. He played with professionals. The team in the locker room still has a say, and it's still guys like Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes will call you out. Shaquille O'Neal will call you out. Barkley will call you out. Cats used to call cats out. If you're not going to show up to work and do that after you broke the record, that, by the way, last time I checked, that team needed to help LeBron win, break the record, did they not? Does you think LeBron just going one on five every single uh, every single game for the last twenty years? I think his teammates that he's played with helped him get the record. Now, is he special and all that? Yeah, but when he tomahawk dunk in the All Star game the other night and threw it off the glass, I don't believe he was really injured and had to miss so many games. You know why he didn't play the next day? Because he wanted everybody to suck his dick and anoint him and call him King James. Come on, man. This is the same King James, by the way. I'm just clear. I want to be clear here. This is the same King James, okay, that used to cry on the sideline. Remember that? Look at him. He mad. He mad that. Look at him by himself like a little bitch. <laughs> a little bitch by himself over there like this. And they're, they're going to overtime because his player screwed up. And that's it? You just That's it? That's the King James y'all revere? Get out of here with that shit, man. That guy looks like a soft as shit. Um, cat is soft as hell. That just is what it is. I'm just being honest. Uh, you guys can handle the truth, though. Um, but it's cool. Um, 
I want to break something down real quick. I want to break something down real quick. I want you to read this. This is Alabama basketball, um, according to the Miles and and the and the and the kid uh, Brandon Miller. According to Miles' defense attorney Mary Turner, Miles texted Miller, Brandon Miller, who scored 41 points last night for the Alabama Crimson Tide basketball team, at 1:38 a.m. the day of the shooting, saying, "I need my joint. That's the gun." And a N-word with a hard R just got a faking. They're faking, which means we were threatened, right? Turner asked Culpepper, referring to Miles' text. Culpepper indicated that the that he didn't know, to which Turner replied, I do. I looked it up, Urban Dictionary. This is how out of sync and out of pocket people are when they're discussing our youth. Just go back up to the top of that text. What does it say? I need my joint. All right. He's calling his joint, his heat, his pistol, his gun, his strap, whatever you want to call it. And then the next line is what? A what? A N word that's dotted out and then it has a hard R. Now, I want to be clear here as to how out of sync we are and how people are hiring folks that have not a clue how to talk to kids or how to relate to any of these young kids. And you wonder why we have a horrible issue in America. Everybody that's in the chat, all my brothers and sisters in the chat, anyone that's in here, please stand up. I want to know. I want to make sure we're clear here. If any of you, because I got, I only know mostly, I got maybe two white friends. If anybody texted me, and they're fucking with me and they're calling me and we're talking shit. Now, I don't use the N-word at all. But let's be honest. Would that text message have had an R on it or would it have had an A on it? Y'all ain't this deep. You can't even fathom what this text message is saying right here, dog. This guy is reenacting a text message using an N-word with a hard R. You know damn well Miles texted Brandon Miller and he was like, motherfucker, send me this thing. And you know damn well it had an A at the end of it in his original text. It didn't have no R in it. What are you talking about, coach? You don't even understand what I'm talking about. These are who you are hiring. These are the people you guys are hiring. They have not a clue how these brothers talk to each other and what it really means. You're reenacting a text message that has a hard R on it. But nobody wants to talk about that. Not one person has mentioned that fact. Not one. But when I saw this, it's the first thing I saw. I said, damn, these cats are so out of pocket, out of line, out of sync, out of whack. Don't understand what this generation is, what these youngsters do, how the inner city talks, how the inner city moves, how the inner city reacts. Y'all have no clue. But yet we keep hiring these cats to lead our inner city youth. Like, come on, man. You cats can't handle the truth, though. That's just real talk. You cats cannot understand and fathom what I'm even talking about. This cat reenacted a text and called a kid a straight-up N-word with a hard R, and everyone in court's going to look at it and go, whoa, you guys called him that? Dumbass, no. 
kids don't talk, text like that, then you ain't never seen a kid text and you ain't never recruited a kid then. If you're telling me that is your reenactment of a text that occurred between Brandon Miller and Miles at Alabama. Man. And this kid had to go. I looked it up. It's the Urban Dictionary. So that is how ignorant cats are. And y'all keep hiring them. Like, uh, look at it again. I want to see it again. According to Miles' defense attorney, Mary Turner, just so I need my joint, my gun, a N-word, R, hard R, just got to fake him. <laughs> That's what you think they said to each other. Dog. And then I, I, went, I looked it up, Urban Dictionary. Dog, it is a slap in the face. But guess what? JB will keep staying over here, chilling in a cigar lounge that he built, and he'll they'll keep him away from coaching kids. They'll keep me away from coaching. Let's keep it real because they don't want that real talk. They don't want the kids to all flock to me because they know if I get if they get me back in, if they let me back coaching, it's over. They know that, and they're not willing to allow that. Just be clear here. Don't get it twisted. I could write a book. Anyway, let's get to breaking news. I did not tell you from the start. I mean, we're almost an hour in the show, and I didn't even tell you the breaking news. We may have a lot of breaking news in the next few days and weeks. But breaking news. I am going to have my book, audio booked, okay? We're going, I'm going to spend this weekend, and I'm going to literally verbatim my own voice do an autobiography audio book in Hate Me Now, Love Me Later, my best-selling book, by the way. I am going to transcribe it audio myself, but it is going to be real time. It ain't going to be no fluff. I'm not putting it on Amazon and letting them take all the money. I'm going to sit here, and you're going to hear me light up my damn cigar. Bam. You're going to hear that. Hear that noise? Hear that, torch? You're going to hear that. You might hear me put some ice in a cup you might have me you might see me get up to you might see me get up dog i'm gonna walk over to the bar i'm gonna walk over to the bar i'm gonna turn on the lights on the bar bam bam i might get over here and you might hear me open the and you might <laughs> you might hear some ice you might hear some tequila Look at this. I might be making a drink as I'm reading my book. Fuck sticks, shit birds, and slap dicks. Chapter motherfucking eight. You might, that's what you might get. So you're going to get the real audio book, and I'm going to put it on my website, and it's going to be on CoachJBStore.com. You can purchase it. Once you purchase it, download it, and you can have it on your MP3, on your phone, on your whatever you want to listen to it on. And guess what? The more breaking news is I'm doing Hate Me Now, Love Me Later, my first book. And then I'm going straight into a series of audio books. I'm going to do book two. And I'm going to call that shit. I'm going to tell you right now. I don't even know the title, but I'm calling. I'm making the title up right now. The Truth Hurts. My second book, The Truth Hurts. Mediocrity is the new excellence. Bam. You already know. That's the name of the second book. So 
That's going to be the book title number two. I'm going to straight up do that. And then Sean Salisbury and I are going to do an audio book on quarterback play and a series of audio books. And we're just going to go down the line. And you're going to have install one. You're going to have install two. You're going to have install three. And I'm going to make a book. I said I might drop a damn audio book every month around this camp. And then if it blows up and you guys buy it, I'm going to start giving back proceeds to every single swinging dick that really don't give back to nobody that says they do. Don't you love when you go to PetSmart and these cats are sitting there like, can you give $2 to uh, to uh, the dogs in Somalia? No, I can't. Because <laughs> I know the $2 don't go to Somalia. But my $2 that I'm going to give back will. Because you know why? I'm going to personally take it over there and take a, make a video of it. Unlike you. Yeah, it's going to be Kenny Powers. Don't get it twisted. This book's going to be real. It might break a record. Shit. You know how many people want my audio book that I get DM'd on every day and emailed by? I just haven't been able to do it and figure it out. Well, we're figuring it out. And now we're going to do it. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to kill this thing. So that is the news. I thought of it yesterday, just driving. I swear to God, I thought of it. I'm like, why am I going to pay Amazon to put out my audio book? Screw that. Let me do my own book. Put it on my website. Link right there. Purchase it. Download it. Bam. And if you want a signed hard copy, I'll do a combo. Hard copy signature audio book combination. And then I might even read some ads in the book. I'm going to hit up some ad sponsors. Hey, dog, you want me to read your ad in my book, my audio book? Manscaped. Want to shave your balls? Buy Manscaped. Coach AB. <laughs> I put an ad read in my audio book. I don't know anyone doing that. Shit. We're going to get it cracking. We're going to get it cracking. Appreciate everybody. Uh, Steve Kim's going to join us. We're going to talk about our top 20 quarterback uh, wide receiver combo. We're going to talk about the best 10 receivers returning in the NFL next year. I'm going to rank those. I'm going to rank our top 20 wide receivers of all time. Can't wait to get Steve's get back on that. Mac McChesney called me a minute ago. He cannot join. He is a heavy snowstorm. His kids are being delayed at school. Plus Boulder, I don't know if you've seen it, more uh, shooting uh, incidences in the schools. So Matt's dealing with all that, and uh, he'll be on tomorrow for Fearless Friday. Uh, um, Ash, go lay down. Come here, Ash. Come here. Come here, Bubba. You okay? Ash has a little rash around his balls, so I'm just throwing that out there. Ash has a little... Uh, my bad, dog. Let me get D. Smith. He's been asking me a few times on TikTok. I just saw this, dog. Uh, Matt Rule, my uh, <laughs> Rock Wilder's tired of him. Hey, persistence is a mother, man. Persistent gets you paid, homie. Persistence will get you paid. Because you know what? If you don't ask, you're always going to be told no. So much love to you for keep asking about Matt Rule. This kid has asked for Matt about Matt Rule for fucking 20 minutes. Let me be honest. Uh, I like Matt. I know Matt well. I know Matt. Um, I'm going to be honest. Matt Rule, I think, is a great program builder. He builds bad programs, turns them around, similar to what I do. So I think that uh, I think that he is uh, he's going to do well. But I think Nebraska in totality is a bad program. And I don't know if anyone can get them from the dumps to the to the 
to the to the clouds. I don't know if there's anybody that can do that. So Matt, so I do like Matt Rule. Uh, I think he'll do well, but I don't. I think Nebraska is a total organization program infrastructure is bad. So I think Matt Rule is going to struggle um, in the long run. In the long run, I think he'll be better. He'll be better, but he's not. Don't expect him to just turn overnight. Just just come back and say, "Oh my God, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread." I, I don't think so. Um, so look, I, I'm adding a new feature. We got a lot to discuss. I don't know if you guys saw Pinky, your favorite porn star. That's her, though. I posted on Twitter yesterday. Dog, she went from super thick, which this is the re- this is. Let's break down. Let's break down. If you're not from the hood, you never will know the hood. Okay, just be clear. I'm saying the hood because you know I'm from the hood, and when you are almost a midget, I'm be honest, a little people, whatever you guys call them. Pinky is short. I've seen her in person. Pinky's like this tall. And, you know, everybody was like, Pinky's super ultra. So let's be real. Do you like Pinky because she used to have ass and was thick? Or did you like Pinky because her head game was right? Let's keep it real. You know you watched her on whatever porn site you watch it on. Keep it 100. So let's keep it real. Did you watch her for her ass? Or for her head game? Number one, that's the first question I got. Number one. Number two. Number two. If you saw Pinky in real life, she's four feet tall. And she's super thick, right? Well, I'm sitting there and me and my boys are like, dog, she's a hamburger away from being a three technique. And nobody knows what that means um, if you're not a football coach. But three techniques are D-tackles, right? Those are 350, 400-pound people. So... We're like, we're, we're clowning. Hey, dog, Pinky about a burger away from a three technique. So now look at her on the right. And she's clearly a three technique. And she's so short that when she blew up, she blew up. Now this bitch is, is, a, is a Twinkie. She ain't Pinky. <laughs> she's a straight Twinkie. Roy's in the, in the studio. He's, he's watching Pinky right now perform. Uh, fellatio probably. But anyway, I just want to show you that Pinky, uh, Pinky, and I guarantee you, every man in the chat that sees this four-foot behemoth now, who you think is still, no, she ain't thick no more, homie. She is beyond thick. So she's a three technique. (laughs) So everybody in this chat will still hit it. Stop playing. You know damn well you'll hit that big fat bitch right now. Guarantee you. You know damn well. Stop playing. Uh, anyway, um, man, I, I I got good with some technology last night. Uh, I wanted to clarify. I wanted to clear. I wanted to show you that I got real good with some technology. Um, I learned how to do some shit. Peep this out. Fuck Kansas City Radio 610. You fucking shitbird pussy fucks. You motherfuckers couldn't have me on your fucking show because you couldn't handle the truth, motherfuckers. You soft pussy. (laughs) That's a cartoon, dog. I learned how to make a cartoon. I learned how to do what all you females on Instagram do. Fake who you are. (laughs) I learned how to do what all you've been doing. Filters or whatever that shit is. You guys use filters, right? Dog, I want to get a filter. Is there, like, I want to know men. Don't, aren't you mad, men, that women can make themselves look good 
on an Instagram filter, and they can add ass and fake titties and all that shit. You motherfucker can't add no dick size. <laughs> all you small dick men out here, you can't add to it. Aren't you mad that females can add to it and fake who they look like, but you can't? If you stuck with a little wee-wee, you stuck with a little wee-wee, dog. Let's just keep it real. You ain't adding on to that shit. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. Look at that. You couldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight, you little fuck. Hey, dog, I was fucking with it last night. I'm doing everything. Now I know how to do the filter game. It's over. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. I know how to do it. Uh, man, hey, it is what it is, dog. It is what it is. You added two inches, Raiders, because your ass can't, got out the water and looked in the mirror. Motherfucker, you didn't add shit. It's called optical illusion. You actually got a clip. <laughs> anyway, uh, TikTok. Hey, man, it died out. I appreciate everybody. Come on over to YouTube Live, man. We're here for another two hours. Come check us out. Steve Kim's about to join me. We're going to break down some NFL stuff, man. Much love. Peace. Um, man, I'm telling you, dog. I'm, I'm getting good at that shit. Um, I'm, I'm going to mess around. Hey, dog, I'm going to tell you like this. Stop fucking around. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Did you see that shit? Oh my god. That 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 dude had to have unbelievably broke his shit. All right, women. Lucy, Bree, we're not even talking. I haven't even got into the show yet. And it's already lit. I got a lot to break down today. Hold up. I gotta get this done though. Would you rather Women. smash you the hottest trans this? woman in the world or the oldest woman in the world? Honestly, bro, the oldest woman in the world, because then I wouldn't be gay. Are you like... Uh, Chase, yeah. how dare you be transphobic? Yes, actually, what the fuck do you mean? Because if I scary. had sex with a trans woman, I'd be having sex with a biological man, and I don't want to do that. Because I'd be say. gay if I had sex that's with a biological gay. man. That's not gay. That's and gay. I don't want to shut the fuck up, actually. I'm, 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 I'm going to be a bar She's right. I mean, that's really hateful, she's bro. Not, she's not. Would technically be homosexual. A trans woman is a biological man. Sue me. It's true. You know what God said? It said he made the man and women. He made the man and woman. I just told you I'm not gay. I'll pass on that. Thanks, though. Hey, dog. I got to side with the man here, the dude talking. Let's keep it real. Does any of you, do any of you in here believe that right there? Like, let's just keep it real. Do any of you in there? So she got, again, why did Whitlock hang up on me? Why did Kansas City 610 AM radio bitch made cats hang up on me? They don't, they can't take the truth. They can't handle the truth. Like, they literally said, no, you are wrong. It's fucked up. That he said a trans woman is a biological man, a made-up human. And you're saying if I had sex with it, I'm not gay. Wrong. 
you are gay. You had sex with a dude. Like, let's just keep it real, man. Like, I'm, I'm just confused here. Like, let's keep it real. You are, you are one thousand percent having sex with a biological man, a made-up human, and the girl can't handle it. I'm telling you, dog. We have a lot of these situations in here in, in this world. We have a lot of these situations. And, dog, when you tell the truth to people and they don't like it, they back out and back out and get going. They don't want to hear. They're out of there. They're gone. Bye. Peace. And they don't want to. They don't want to debate you because they can't debate you. Because factual evidence is the only thing that's debatable. Opinions are only arguable. You can't argue an opinion. I mean, you can't debate an opinion. You can only argue one. But nobody wants to talk about that. Uh, um, so the Titans released wide receiver Woods, USC, former USC receiver. Uh, where he he tweets out free, like a, a slap at the Tennessee Titans face, for finally free. So where do I go next? Well, let's ask that question. Where does Woods go next? Uh, I kind of tend to believe that he should end up in Green Bay if Aaron Rodgers stays. I think he needs to go to Dallas. I think he can go to New England. I think he can go to Tampa. I think Mike Evans is getting older. Um, I think there's a lot of those situations out there that. Oh, all right, here we go. Got a lot of lot of lot of lot to discuss here, man. Can't wait. Uh, Steve Kim's going to join us now. We're going to break down some stuff. Uh, can't wait. Steve, what up? Oh my God, it's freezing. It's like high 40s out here. What do you mean? It's snowing here, bro. Oh yeah, you're in the you're in the mountain lands. Did you see my tweet? I tweeted it out. I, I went out this morning and, and asked, didn't want to run out there. I mean, my God, I was gonna break out the slippers and sandals and shorts today, and that's got gotta wear like a sweater and pants. It's terrible. But morning to you, coach. What's going on? Hey, in, in North Carolina, there's people in the chat. It's 80 degrees. 80. Wow. And by the way, in South Florida, Dade County, Miami, it's about 75 to 80. So for all you young, enterprising four and five star football players, keep that in mind. Just keep that. But anyway, let's get to your show. What's going on, man? What's going on? All right. Steve Kim, sponsored by University of Miami Hurricanes football. <laughs> the best uh, taking the best direct shots at UCLA and USC. Direct shots at USC and UCLA because it's snowing here for the first time in 400 years. Um, <laughs> Hey, uh, I, I'm wireless. I got a wireless mic. I can walk around this. Way. I can walk. Hold on, though. Watch this, dog. Steve, watch this shit. I'm gonna. We're gonna take this to a new level. Steve Kim now has the has the full face. I'm walking around, Steve. I'm walking around the lounge, and I could go over here make a drink. I'm not gonna make a drink because I would look like a drunk. I would be so early abused. But Steve, you hear me pretty good, right? Very good. Hey, Very it's unbelievable. Good. I can make coffee over here. Um, I could do whatever. I, 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 there's all kind of shit I could do. I, I can make coffee. I could, I could make me a little omelet on the little, on the little George Foreman. 
Um, <laughs> I, I can do I, I, you can see the you can see the poker chips now, right? Mm, that's a setup. It's a nice yeah, setup. Got a little setup, man. Got a little cool setup. Um, so we got a new camera yesterday. We got the new mic, wireless mics. We're 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 in the cigar lounge now. Uh, Steve loves the cigar lounge, by the way. He sits right to the right of me, right here. He sits right here. Steve does. That's and my he'll seat. Play poker. Yeah, that's his seat. He'll play poker right here. Uh, these are Steve's chips, actually, that he won. He was winning some, and this is his <laughs> chips. And uh, and then I think I took his money at the end. Yeah, of the everyone did. Uh, hey, let me ask you a question. I haven't even got into the show yet, and we're already an hour and a half in because I'm just on my daily rants. Uh, I, I, I learned some technology. Um, I've gotten really good. I don't know if you saw this. Um, I, I got to show you my new technology, Steve. Fuck Kansas City Radio 16, ah. you Fucking shitbird, pussy fucks. You motherfuckers couldn't have me on your. Hey, you got your own avatar. I like that. I'm gonna make you one. I'm gonna make you one, and I'm gonna teach you how to do it. Um, we gotta have that battle, uh, avatar battle. I was like, Steve, girls can get fake ass, fake titties. Guys can't really get fake penile enlargements, can they? Like we're we're getting screwed here. We're getting screwed. I mean, Oscar De La Hoya got the etched abs. I call them fabs, the fake abs. They look pretty good on him. It's interesting. He actually has better-looking abdominals than when he was actually fighting, so that's pretty ironic and stuff hey, like Steve, that. Hey, Steve, you got a question right here. Yeah, on yeah, chat. yeah. You see that question? What have you? Were you there? Uh, what does it say? It says, uh, Fennec Azuma Nelson draw, his thoughts. Okay, that was on a Tyson Razor Ruddock undercard. I believe it may have been the rematch. Azuma Nelson's one of my favorite fighters. He's the most popular, famous, modern-day African fighter from Accra, Ghana. The professor. Great fighter. Loved him. But I'll be honest, on that particular night, he got an absolute gift. Fennec beat him down the stretch, and it was a terrible decision. Fennec was basically crying on his way back to the locker room, and I felt bad for him because they robbed him of what should have been his greatest night. Then they had a rematch about six months later. Now, this is the measure of Azuma Nelson. He actually said, you know what? I'll go to Australia, where you're from, to take you on. I think he fought in Melbourne in front of like 40,000 people. And the professor got his revenge, kept landing right hands, knocked him down a few times. But really, that first fight, that should have been a fight where Jeff Fennick got his hands raised. Wow. Um, yeah, they're asking it. They're like, were you, were you there? I said, Steve. No, I was, I was not there. I was, I was, I was barely... I was in the process of dropping out of Cal State LA. I, I, I could not afford Tyson fights back then. Uh, Cal State LA, lovely school. Uh, yeah. All right, so listen, the Baltimore Ravens finally moved T. Martin to coaching quarterbacks. And mm. on this show, over, I, I, I've, I've been on this show two years now saying T. Martin not coaching Lamar Jackson is the single most ignorant move of any head coaches made in the NFL. And no one wants to talk about it. As a positional coach, T. Martin, good friend of mine, by the way, uh, won the Natty after Peyton Manning couldn't do it. So he holds – he's a, he's in Tennessee lore. He's in Tennessee lore uh, as a volunteer. Uh -huh. But, like, wouldn't you – and I'm not even talking about because he's black and, and Lamar's black. I'm not even going to get into that. I'm going to get into he's a quarterback, and you – and, and, and Matt and I had this discussion yesterday about taking the opinions of a guy that actually played the position over a guy that never played. We had a debate because Matt was like, well, I think you could have opinions and not play. And I go, you could have opinions. That doesn't mean I'm going to fucking value them. But 
What I mean is T. Martin should have been coaching Lamar Jackson for the last two, three years. You mean as a position coach or as a coordinator? Position coach. I'm just, I, yeah. I, I'm just talking in general, but I'm saying T. Martin should have been coaching Lamar Jackson individually <clears throat> for the last two or three years. Why is he coaching receivers? Well, I think with T. Martin, he got stereotyped as a college receiver coach, right? Yeah, because, yeah, Sark hired he can him at Right, because he can recruit, right? Isn't that one of those positions that a good number of black coaches at that the college level, the recruiting positions, running back, defensive back, wide receiver, right? Well, let's like, be honest, Steve. We're not – I don't want to – I'm not going to hire a white receiver coach. Right, um, unless it's Brian Hartline. He seems to have some sort of mojo there at Ohio State. So – once you get typecast, and then they have a lot of Cooper Cups out there in the nation. Go right. Ahead. So, and then what happens is if you're actually good at recruiting your position at wide receiver, guess what? Then a coach says, well, wide receivers are kind of important now. We're not going to move them. And that, and that that's where it does get a little unfair for black coaches that in that particular uh, circumstance, they become the victim of their own success, and then they get typecast. So this this move is good for T if he really wants to move up and eventually be a head coach because you got to climb up the ladder to be a coordinator. Uh, you have a few good years, and then hopefully you get a shot at being the CEO of your own program. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I love T. I, I love T. I congratulated him uh, early this morning. I texted him. He's a good dude. Uh, lots to go over here today. I wanted to, I call a title in this show. Mediocrity is a new excellence. Um, that's going to be the title of my second book, by the way. I'm making a second book, by the way, Steve. And have Patrick Mahomes on your cover. I'm going to have you in there, too, as a <laughs> Korean, Korean Yao Ming uh, dunking on Mahomes. Dunking oh. on Mahomes. Oh, um, so I've called this show Mediocrity is a New Excellence. I want to break this down. So we, the reason I said that is I want to get your take. So we got, we got, we got, we got the NBA All Star Game that just happened. I know you're on Whitlock talking about sure. it in, in depth. Um, I know it was a bad look. Well, uh, Coach, it's hard to talk about it in depth because, like most of America, I stopped giving a damn. And and this is this is the reality. If the players and the participants do not care, why should we? I want I want you to talk about this right here because. Uh, let me see. I want to bring that up again with you. Da -da 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 -da. Uh, mm -mm -mm, mm -mm. Boy, those numbers have gone down like Enron stock, Coach. 29% and viewership 27% from last year. It's it's argued – so that game was on at the same time as the D.C. XFL game, and it was comparable ratings. Mm -mm -mm. So – that is okay. So this is my point, though, Steve. We have allowed we have allowed that to happen, have we not? Well, that man right there, Adam Silver, has been an enabler of it. And as Sean Salisbury says in his own eloquent way, as only he can, player empowerment. It's for the kids, the kids show. So again, yes. <laughs> power, yes. player empowerment. But look, there used to be a time when I grew up and you grew up, we're about the same age. The players actually played kind of hard. Maybe not playoff intensity or even regular season intensity, but they didn't make the game a complete mockery. It was highly entertaining, and it still looked like really good basketball for the most part. And then in the fourth quarter, if the game was tight, they would kind of battle. And, it, and there were some great games down the stretch, right? 
now these guys act like it's a chore, which it may or may not be, and they've ruined it. Again, if you don't care, why should we? And I don't think you could ever reverse this because I believe that the American public have found things to do and they have figured out, you know what, it's just a game, a game that doesn't even count. In fact, these guys don't even care about the real games. So again, you want to create that apathy, go ahead. And also, Coach, to wrap it up, uh, with the XFL game being on, I think it's further proof, and I'm not saying the XFL did great ratings, but it shows you, again, there's an appetite for the game of football, which now is the American passion. Yeah, um, and I wanted to segue into that. Mediocrity is new excellence. We've allowed the All-Star game to basically let people free run, go dunk, go do whatever you want, shoot half-court threes. Everyone's in, mm. oh, Tatum had 55. Well, Tatum had – do you think Tatum would have ever had 55 with Kobe Bryant on the court or Michael Jordan or any of those players late in the game when the game's in crunch time? You think they're letting them shoot or Dame Lillard? No. They used to no. they used to fight over free throws in the All-Star game. and, and go. And they, Remember that game you went to, went to overtime uh, in Seattle that year? And it was like a it was like a bloodbath All-Star game. I was like, man, this is real basketball. That's the game. Yeah, the one in Seattle I remember was in 87. Rolando Blockman had to hit two free throws with no time on the clock. It was yeah, like a big yeah, deal. Yeah. And then I think the West won it in the first overtime. But again, I, I still have so much respect for Michael Jordan because in those settings, he may have not cared at the very beginning by the time of his ninth, 10th All-Star game. But by the third quarter, if that game was there to be won and he saw a guy competing, he would raise his level. And then everyone else had okay, to come. So, you know. Yeah, no doubt. No, listen, I was talking to Danny Green, a good friend of mine. He's a good dude. I was talking to Danny and, and a couple years ago. And Danny was like, dog, we, we got agreement. We get, the game starts. We're like, hey, let's, let's let guys hit, hit you know. Let's let guys dunk. Let's let guys, if there's a free break, let's let's not yeah. hold them up. We're not gonna hold them up. Now in the fourth quarter, when the game's tight, we're gonna take that foul. We're gonna yeah. hack you. We're gonna put you on the line. He, nowadays, that ain't even happening. That was just two years ago. Now it's not even happening. I remember a game. I think this was 2000 or 2001. The year Iverson won the MVP uh, and led the Sixers to the finals. The All-Star game, I think, was on an East Coast city. It may have been Philadelphia. The East was down by like 16, 18 points in the fourth quarter. And guess what? A game broke out. And I think they ended up making this unbelievable comeback down the stretch. It was great drama. Look, look what the NFL players have done to the Pro Bowl. No, they, that's my segue. That was my segue. That, go ahead, I right mean, into it. That's what I wanted to talk to you about. Like, that is unbelievable. So now mediocrity, the new excellence, NFL Pro Bowl. NBA All-Star, our two most watched sports, are absolutely They don't dogged. care. And it, it's a shame what's happened to it. And I, I, they always talk about the injury factor. And I get it. This is a high-contact, violent collision sport. But, Jason, I don't remember that many injuries really impacting players during the Pro Bowl when I grew up. Me either. I really don't. So the only one I remember is Edwards blowing his knee out in the sand, uh, the sand on game a beach or... volleyball game. Yeah, I mean that's a freak, so, freak accident, right? Right. So I, I, the players have done this. They have created anarchy. It's time for the adults to take over. But I'll say it again. I think it's too late. I do. I, I agree. Uh, UNLV football player dies now under investigation. 
Alabama freshman Brandon Miller played last night after he was supposedly handed the gun to Miles, who ended up capital murder, kid, kill the person. Like, Ugh. what is going on? I don't know too much about mm. the Alabama deal. Do you, I don't know if you do, uh, but the text message dropped. I showed it earlier. The kid apparently gave the gun to the guy, uh, and he is basically playing and had 41 points last night and hit the game. Oh, that's why. Well, that's why. <laughs> I'm like, damn, Alabama, I need to that's, go there and coach. Well, that's why. Uh, it reminds me of that old phrase. I remember one year, uh, it was during the dunk contest. This is like 15 years ago. And some guy does a dunk, and Charles Barkley's on TNT. He goes, kids, kids, go to school. Be, be good to your teachers. Study and get your education. But if you can do that, don't worry about it. We'll handle it. Hey, so, well, not, what can you do and what can you get not, away with? He's not he's not lying. Um, my point was I brought up this thing, mediocrity is new excellence. I was talking about coaches, the coach Oates, the coach for Alabama, who I've started to I have I'm a double-edged sword guy here. He's the he's the lone wolf with his back against the wall. He's he's beating all these old school guys at their at their own game. He's out recruiting them, he's beating them, he's got a team in the top one or two uh, in the rankings, and Last year, he had an incident with Coach K, especially on his farewell season, which I thought was absolute dog shit. And then this year, <laughs> this year, he doesn't want to shake. Uh, he doesn't want to shake the hand of Calvin Sampson. Uh, he's just he's mocking him because Calvin Sampson goes after his players and he's sitting there like this. And I showed yeah, the video yesterday. And now I'm like, OK, now you're mocking your forefathers, your your legends in the game calvin sampson has done a hell of a job in his career coach k is obviously a legendary top one or two or three guys uh in the profession um there's a fine line i think you have to re i used to i used to be the lone wolf and i would honor it i talk shit i out recruited you this is my league i'm gonna do all that and they all hated me for it but i always would always pay homage to my pre to my forefathers to my to my mentors or to my elders basically i just think we've lost track of that um and this guy right here is starting to show that and i'm just like ah i don't know and then he makes a comment steve what happens off the court out of my control and i'm like no it's not no, no it's not i'm not because, a college coach nope that's your job bro like joe like you act like you don't know what's going on in your in your program did rick patino know that prostitutes were taking his kids on tours yes did Joe Paterno know that they were dropping the soap in the back room? Yes. <laughs> like, let's well, just be honest. They know you know what's going on in your in your your household. Well, coach, coach, what's worse? If you know or if you don't. But the reality is ignorance is not and cannot be a defense, especially when you're coaching college kids. It's different when it's professional sports. Like when the White House was going on with the Cowboys. I, I'm not so sure what Barry Switzer or anyone else could have done about that. Michael Irvin and all them, they were going to do what they were going to do outside of the facility with no control. These are men. In theory, they're men. But when your recruiting pitch is to certain parents, hey, I'm taking your 17, 18-year-old from forever long he's on our campus, under our purview, we're going to turn him into a better individual ready to deal with the real world. You made a promise there. It's a little bit different. So this whole notion, well, I didn't know. Then, Coach, you should have.
I, this is the thing, Steve. Like everyone keeps using the word responsible. Like the, Coach, Mc, <clears throat> Coach McFadden, Coach McFadden in the chat. He said, "When you're the head coach, you are responsible for everything." Well, I, I I don't agree. I think you are accountable. It's a much bigger scale. You are accountable for everything, not responsible. Right. The players, the players, Steve, are responsible for well, themselves. Coach. You're responsible. You have the power to actually bring in who you want. So if you see a guy that plays like Dion but has a rap sheet longer than a Costco uh, receipt, and if you decide to bring him in along with other guys that you would call S-birds, guess what, Coach? You're not responsible for what they do, but you are accountable because you brought them into the program. You are accountable 1,000%. I'm accountable for every coach on my staff. If the coach goes out and robs McDonald's, guess who hired him? You did. If yeah. a player goes out and and, and 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 there's a charge in the dorm for having a girl in her room in his room, who's accountable? Me. Yeah. Who's responsible? The players for policing each other and the positional coach, I would yes. argue, is responsible. I am accountable. And Oates in Alabama is accountable, just like John Wooden was accountable at UCLA. Just like Coach K has been accountable for all these years. And I'm just like, dude, there's a huge difference between responsibility and accountability. Yeah. And that is one that head coaches are purely in charge of. Uh, Mediocrity is our new excellence, though. Steven Jackson calls out LeBron and says, I would have cussed you out or talked to you about you missing the game after you got the record. Oh, um, I don't know if you saw. I want, uh, yeah, have you not seen this? I, I, I think he's played it earlier, right? I played it earlier. I thought it was a pretty good piece. I respect uh, that. Listen to this. About Shannon Sharp getting into it with Dylan Brooks. Yeah, well, with Shannon Sharp, that's my aunt. I love Shannon. I talk to him all the time. Just got to remember, aunt, Braun ain't going to run up and fight nobody for you. Keep that in mind. Um, Hold on. What? What? Braun ain't going to run up and fight nobody for you. Oh, Shannon. He has Why? a point. Because that's not Braun's MO. Braun like, Braun's not going to do that. Man, like, Braun can see Shannon at a restaurant get into a scuffle. If you're with his family, he ain't finna run over there. That's the last thing Bron. So keep that in mind, Uncle, Uncle uh, Shay Shay. Bron is not gonna fight for you. I know you love him, but he's not finna, you know what I'm saying? It's not gonna be reciprocated. You can't put up 30-something points on the next night to break your record. Then the next night, just say, us, you ain't playing. Nah. Can't do that, I And didn't, didn't come out and play the next night. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we all love Bron. And everybody's, everybody's, nobody's above being criticized, bro. Nobody. Even LeBron. Jordan, Kobe. And as a player, we see things different. There's no way I could have been on that team and not had a problem with him going get 40 points and then the, to break the record then the next night not play. Mm. Why? Wow. I've said this before, Steve. Players know and they have an issue. Like, how do you just I, – I know why he missed. I'm just telling you right now. Yeah. He wanted all eyes on him. I'm King Dick Swinger. I'm the champ. I hold the record. I don't need to play the next few days. Like – and then he say, oh, he's been injured. He missed like five games in a row after that. I mean, hasn't he load managed enough the last few years? I Look, Steven Jackson. And then the first play in the All-Star game, he throws it on the backboard over Tatum and dunks it. I'm like, wait, you've been hurt for five days? I, has Steven Jackson taken the red pill? He said some things. I'm like, ah, oh, Jack, kind of agree with you there. Yeah, I, I just I, I think it's interesting because look, LeBron is such a protected guy. 
then anyone that says anything critical about him will either be called, depending on what race they are, a coon Uncle Tom sellout or a racist. That, yeah. Like, there's no room for nuanced discussion on this guy. And I, I give Steven Jackson credit because I know that he's quote unquote off code there. But Jack, I like this. I like what you're doing lately. Keep it up there, Jack. All right, let's get into some football and some, oh, yeah. uh, and some and some stuff here. All right, my my the best coaching hires this offseason. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my my top five. Mm. I'm gonna start at number five. I'm gonna go with the Gannon kid who can't even change his diapers yet. I'm gonna go with him. I think he was the worst <clears throat> offseason hire. Uh, got the job for Arizona. His his the kids call it cringe cringe worthy. His his uh his introductory presser was cringy to me. Uh, I thought it was a a joke, but that's who we're hiring now. Number four, I'm gonna go with the offensive-minded Shane Steichen. Uh, I think mm -hmm. that was a hire that at least I agree. You got to start hiring some offensive guys. Obviously, seven of the eight coaches in the playoffs <clears throat> are offensive coaches. Uh, I'm gonna go number three. D'Amico Ryans, uh, I believe that at least he has uh, some familiarity with the pro with the organization in Houston. He played the position. He has a he's going to have a instant credibility in the locker room. But I believe Houston's the bigger problem, not the coach. And by default, Steve, number two best hire this offseason, Frank Reich. Uh, good football man. Good he's a football good football guy. guy. I don't yeah. know if he's had any success since he came back from that Houston Oilers 35-3 game. But anyway, uh, <laughs> and number one, I'm going to go Sean Payton, obviously, uh, in yeah. Denver. I the think best that's hire. the easy one. But again, let's see if Sean can work out Russell Weirdo. I, I just, I'm just telling you, I know people think there's like this magic formula sometimes. But if Russell Wilson's athleticism has really dipped – Keep this in mind. That was a large part of his game was extending plays and be willing to put his body out there. We'll see if he's that same guy. The two Philadelphia assistants, I'm very shaky on. That was a loaded roster. Okay? And, and anyone that has to coach Kyler Murray, I just have one thing to say. My condolences. The higher good, luck. I, good luck. Yeah, good luck, and uh, I hope your money's guaranteed on the front end. The higher that I really like a lot, D'Amico Ryan. I think he fits. I just I like the fact he played football. He has stayed in great shape, so he has the look. He's got the backing of the community, the franchise, and former players. And this coach, this coach will last more than one year. I will make a guarantee he'll get at least two. So D'Amico Ryan, I think, has turned around at least the feeling and the atmosphere in that building, and I think that's key. So um, D'Amico Ryan, I really like that hire. All right. Poll question for the day was, and I'm going to ask you this question. Who do you prioritize in New York? Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley. Okay. At what price? If they I both, mean, I, that's the I thing. Don't, I don't want to pay a running back. Look, I love Saquon Barkley. Okay. I believe his uncle was Iran the Blade Barkley, former middleweight champion, beat Tommy Hearns twice. But with that said, with his injury history, are you paying him 12 to 13 million on a second no. contract? I, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. See, now, if Daniel Jones couldn't be in that $30 million range instead of the 40 plus, I like Daniel Jones. That's just my view. But if Daniel Jones does not want to quote unquote settle for 30 million, 
then I got to cut bait. And, and, and you know what Daniel Jones is kind of asking for, and what they what he's really worth. It's that great line from Arliss. I don't know if you remember that show on HBO when he played the uh, sports yeah. agent. So yeah. Arliss is like negotiating this deal for some pitcher. He's the owners across the desk. He goes, "Well, okay, we're going to offer your guy eight hundred thousand dollars for this year." And Arliss goes, eight hundred thousand. This guy's got a family to feed." Uh, Daniel, you'll be okay at thirty million. I know it's New York. You could still buy a nice two-bedroom loft. I I think if you go beyond thirty-five million for Daniel Jones, now you're overpaying for that guy. I let me ask you this though. A second question to that. I, I take Daniel Jones because in the NFL, obviously quarterback. quarterbacks, are, Quarterback. quarterbacks are already average. They're already average. But right, and you know what? And look, Daniel Jones has to realize. Let Brian Dable surround me. With some weapons, because let's be fair, he didn't exactly have Plaxico Burrs or Amani Tumor outside. And let Dayball continue to develop me. I, I, look, I know it's about the money because it's a business. But for Daniel Jones to have a pretty good season, okay, that's not overblown. It was pretty good. He made some strides. For him to now start over in a new offense, new city, new town, new system, I don't think that's what's best for him as a player. I, I don't either. At some point, Steve, we're going to have to drop our nuts and start thinking about sacrificing because yeah. Tom Brady, who won seven titles, did it early on. And I don't believe everyone has taken this now approach that we got to get the bag. We got to one up everybody. And I'm like, dog, your career is not going to very, very, very long. Well, and the other thing really is, good. I have a question. Just because Cleveland made one of the worst deals in the history of the world since the uh, sale of Manhattan, that means every other team has to live. I don't get it. I really don't. I, I If some agent came up to me and it was not an elite quarterback and they brought up the words, uh, well, what the Sean fought, I think, at time, if you're going to bring up the Sean Watson, go ahead. Get out of the office because you're not getting that. Really. Like you said, drop your testicles. All right. So now the rumors are out there that Lamar Jackson, uh -oh. every single negotiation that he made last year was greater money request than what Deshaun Watson got. And that is now coming out. ESPN reported this morning, Lamar Jackson said every single thing was, I want more guaranteed money and more yearly than Deshaun Watson. Does he have the, is it, is it, is it, is it brass balls and audacity? Or is it the right to ask for that? You know what? He does, he have, does a have a he does have a he does have he a, has a point. He does have a point, but again, that Deshaun Watson contract for Cleveland, that is the new mistake by the lake. It's an outlier, right? It's right. An outlier. And there's a there's a phrase that I've been using for years. A rising tide lifts all vessel, right? That here is the flood of Johnstown. Good grief. So everyone is held hostage. Because of Cleveland, I I don't get – look, there comes a point they're going to have to have a middle ground. If Lamar, who's been an integral part of that franchise – in fact, post-Ray Lewis and Ed Reed, he is the face of that franchise. So there is value in that. But if he's going to hold them hostage to a point that if I don't get Deshaun Watson plus money and guarantees, they may have to cut bait. Oh, time out, though. What's going to happen a couple hundred miles down the road when Joe Burrow has to get uh -oh. signed? Because, yeah. Because there's an outlier here, and it's called Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns. They are the outlier. They screwed the marketplace up for right. everyone else. And, and, Steve, we live in a peer-pressured life. 
Social media has become the new peer pressure for these guys to either say, oh, man, you're a five-star and you don't start at Alabama, but your, your homeboy that was with you as a five-star in high school. Or oh, you're not getting this NIL money? Yeah, and he's right. starting at LSU. He's starting at LSU. Yeah. Guess what? Oh, you clowning me on Twitter. I'm transferring. I'm in a right. portal. Well, that's the same thing that's happening now. Lamar Jackson's like, hold up. Deshaun Watson, you just signed for $250 million guaranteed. You ain't done nothing that I've done. I want more money now. And so that is a peer pressure thing now. We don't have the old, all right, you know what? Life ain't well, coach, fair. Life ain't fair, but. Coach, here's the Baltimore Ravens quandary. Every media talking head is now acting and speaking on behalf of Lamar Jackson like he's their agent. And they're now turning it into almost a racial issue. And so they're going to paint the Ravens as like this prejudiced, racist organization if they don't give them everything they want. And my view was, wait a minute, wait a minute. They're not offering them NFL minimum. They are going to pay them among the upper echelon of quarterbacks, okay? But the devil's in the details. But the Ravens have to have some organizational discipline and realize we have to do what works for both of us, not just the player and not to just please the critics and the fans. Bill Polian, all-time great GM, had one of the great lines. He said, here's the problem. If you listen to the fans too much, you'll be sitting with them soon. So this is a test of the discipline of the Baltimore Ravens organization. Breaking news. They just put it out on ESPN. It just popped up on my phone. I got ESPN over here on on my left. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens, willing to talk trade, and then they're in a very, uh -oh. awkward, very awkward situation. Oh, this I, I call, I called it two weeks. I called it this week earlier last week. I said, listen, when they hired Munkin, that's the writing on the wall for me. Munkin is not going to go in there and run yeah. triple option. I'm just tell no, me. No, look. Right now, it was obvious. The last month or so, as Lamar didn't play in the playoff game and all that. They were the couple that now slept in separate beds, like Lucy and Ricky. Now it seems like one of them has moved out to the uh, motel. And you take the kids, honey. I'll be there on the weekend. Not only the motel, see the snooty fox. Right. Now they've gotten divorce lawyers. Because when you are now exploring trade, that looks like the writing is on the wall for Baltimore. Yeah. Mm. I, I I agree. I think he's done. I think he's done. Um, all right. Let's get into this. My top 10 NFL quarterbacks that are returning. I don't know if you saw it. I've already put it out there. I had Russell Wilson at number 10. I cannot, what, what, what? I cannot go. Ben. All right, all right Steve, here. Listen to me on this one. I cannot go against him two years in a row when I've said last year, Russell's going to ball. He's going to have a newfound light. He's going to ball out in Denver. They got a good defense. They got good receivers. And then Patrick gets hurt. He's out for the year. They hire this weirdo-ass coach in Hackett who I know didn't call no damn plays in Green Bay. And now we got this situation. I'm like, there's no way JB can go out like In other words, you're, you're ranking on two years in a row, Steve. I got to hope that Wilson rejuvenates his career. You're ranking on Sean Payton. Well, I'll just, I am. You're right. You're right. You're and right. you may be right. And you may, again, be proven correct. But I'm just telling you right now. And this has nothing to do with next year. But this last year, he was close to the 30th or the 32nd quarterback than he was the first. I'll just leave it at that. Keep going. All right. He's my number 10. Number nine, I got Daniel Jones. 
as a return. Oh. I don't know where. Now that's in limbo, Steve, because if he leaves Dayball, I'll take yeah. him out of my top 10. The, I'll take him out of my top 10. The variable live there for the amount of help he didn't have. It may seem high, but maybe it's not. Because uh, Again, it's not like he had a great wide receiver crew out there helping him. Number eight is very low for me because I think this guy's a top five ball spinner of all time. Not just of not just now, but all has time. to be Rogers. Uh, Matthew Stafford. Oh, Stafford. I, all right. If he, if he didn't get hurt and I knew that the team was surrounding him was better because we know the Rams sacrificed the, the whole thing to win a Super Bowl with. They got it done. You can't really knock them. I think it's going to bite him in the ass for a few years. Stafford just bought his third $10 million home in L.A. He's here for the long haul. Uh, he bought it out in Calabasas, Hidden Hills. My cousin lives out there. I, I, he bought it with like a winery and all kind of shit. So he's here for the long haul. He's going to either retire here or he's going to end it here. Uh, if he comes back healthy, he could be better than number eight. But uh, we're going to see what Kellen Moore does with him. Right? Uh, here's the thing with Stafford. Banged up last year. Uh, really struggled because that offensive line was never fixed, especially after Whitworth retired. Not the Kellen other, Moore, I'm sorry. Uh, the other thing that bothers me is um, he he's injured. We don't know what version we're getting anymore. I mean, there's that's actually, why I have him so low. There's that's actually why. some talk of him just saying, you know what, I'm good. I know, um, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't well, know if he... But eight. I think based, I'm not a lot of you, based on last year's performance, I think eight seems very high. But again, you're projecting towards next year, so I get it. Seven, I got Josh Allen. Uh, without Brian Dayball, he is really, really floundered. And that team is floundered without Brian Dayball. And they need to figure out how to run the football. And they need to figure out who is my number two to digs. Because they really don't have a loaded roster at wideout. Yeah, I, Gabe Davis, I think, is pretty good. Um, yeah, Isaiah McKenzie is a nice little slot receiver. But the thing I didn't like about Josh Allen, who I am very high on, he did regress. You've got to start taking the routine, simple throws. Things like such as the check down stuff into the flat. Just create second and five. He tries to drive the ball to a point so much. And the way he plays, we have to be fair, sustainability. There are times I'm thinking to myself, you are going to end up being white Cam Newton with the way you run the ball and crash into bodies. It's yeah, not for the long term. I say that all the time. Yeah. I say that all the time. Um, number six, Justin Herbert. Yet to do anything. Uh New Ooh. offensive coordinator, new offensive coordinator. I'm curious to see what Kellen does with him. Justin Herbert, in terms of his physical talent, is top three. In terms of the winning and stuff like that, many people believe he's overrated. I would buy stock in Justin Herbert. But to be fair to Justin last year, both receivers, who I think are really good together, they didn't play that much. As a tandem, Mike Williams and uh, Keenan Allen, I think this is about right. But now the pressure's on Justin. You got to start playing and winning some games in January. Yes, yes. Um, five, I got Aaron Rodgers. If he plays, mm. he could be better than that. I could see him having a whole rejuvenation, going to the Raiders or going somewhere new. He can have a new relight, even if he stays in Green Bay. I think he can. I think they'll go get a receiver. Hopefully, they can go get like a guy like Woods that just got released by Tennessee. Um, go get somebody like that. They need to help him. Um, I got Aaron at five. Number four, I got Trevor Lawrence. I think he's oh, on the rise. Yeah, I think he's on the rise. He could be higher, 
But he's going to be another guy, Steve. We got to watch for oh. on the on the on the salary because he's going to get a huge yes. And, he, too. and you know what? He is Apple stock in the year two thousand. I would buy it hand over fist. This is a kid since age sixteen. If you saw some TV shows or documentaries they did on Sunshine, you said that's going to be an NFL guy. And I still remember him carving up Alabama as a true freshman out there at Levi Stadium. And I thought to myself, this, this guy can be an all-time great. This last year was his rookie year. Being stuck yeah. in that urban decay, that doesn't count. That was a redshirt year that let's all forget about it. But last year, the last eight, nine games, he showed it, Coach. He showed it. I got Jalen Hurts at three because he went to wow. a Super Bowl. He balled in a Super Bowl, mm. I think. You know, wow, I, I, I want to see if he can continue to correct his platform and delivery. I want to see if he continues to get better this offseason like he did last year. He made huge strides. Uh, I thought he should have been the comeback player of the year, not Geno Smith. I, I love Geno Smith, what he did. I think he did a hell of a job. I, I, don't, I don't have Geno on this list. Oh, Geno should be in your top ten. Based on that, he would, he, like, he would be. He would be, Steve, Gino but I don't know. Mission. I don't know what's happening with them is the problem. That's why I don't have him in there because I don't know. Is he staying and getting tagged? Is he getting traded yeah. to Tampa Bay? Think about that. Oh my God. Hey, wait a minute. Hold on. Again, if I'm Geno Smith, I have DK Metcalf. I have Lockett. I have Kenneth Walker, right? Don't the Seattle Super, uh, Supersonic, don't the Seahawks have like two pretty high first round draft, one of them a top five? Why yes. wouldn't you want yes. to stay Dude, there? Yeah. Right. So wait a minute. If you're talking about legacy, look, he's going to get paid. I'm not saying the money isn't important. It's always important. But if you're Geno Smith, you have a chance to completely rewrite your story as an NFL quarterback. He'd be nuts to leave Seattle. I, I, I agree. But nuts. Canales, Canales, who's responsible. Canales, by the way, I know him real well. He's a Juco, LA Juco. He's from Manhattan Beach. He played at El Camino Juco. Uh, Pete Carroll hired him as a young analyst at SC years ago, and he's worked his way up. Pete brought him to Seattle, and now yeah. he's an OC for Tampa. Um, uh, I can see Gina. No, come on, Tampa's a rebuild. Seattle, Seattle, and Detroit are the two most um, intriguing teams. And by the way, Jared Goff makes an argument for being top 10. That's another guy you like. I kind of think about, yeah, that. he don't have the it factor for me. And I have Gino at 11. If I would, <laughs> If I were to do 12 quarterbacks, it would have been Geno at 11 and Jared Goff at 12. Okay. But uh, number three, Jalen Hurts. Number two, Joe Burrow, because he yeah. he hasn't no won a Super Bowl yet. He hasn't won a Super Bowl yet, and I got Mahomes at one returning because he's, he's won. Yeah, hey, you hearing this, Kansas City? Hey, Missouri, are you are you listening to this? Coach hey, Kansas he's won, he's number one. I'm not going to you know. say. You know me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to always be real. He's won two Super Bowls, and – Burrow was three and one against them, but he also lost this game. And it's about it. What have you done for me lately? And and that's what it is. You so know, listen. coach, going to Hurts real fast. I think one thing he needs to work on climbing the pocket. Still bounces out a little bit, and he's not what I'd call super athletic or twitchy. I think that's got to be the next step is him being able to climb the pocket right to the belly of the beast. And also, that Philadelphia Eagles roster is going to be stripped away. They're going to take huge free agent losses. Let's see what happens if with Hurts when they're not as dominant on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, all right. I want to get into the top 10 returning receivers next year. Okay. I'm going to put it on the ticker. Uh, I'll put it on the ticker. But first of all, Nate, I'll give you my top 10 starting at number 10. I'm going to start at number 10. I'm going to go with DJ Metcalf. 
DJ Metcalf's my number 10. I don't know if he's refined enough yet to he's yeah. a, he could be the number one freakish wide receiver in football right now. Like as far as just genetically T-O-ish. Very T-O-ish. He's T-O-ish. Uh I don't know if he's refined. He drops balls. Yeah. He he pouts a little bit for me too much, like similar to Diggs, like how Diggs yeah. is. Yeah. Um, I got, but I love him. I think he's gonna be great. I got DJ Metcalf. Number nine, I got Diggs. Uh, I'm I'm hearing rumors that Diggs is already being a cancer. He's even asked. Maybe uh, rumors are that he's going to try to get out of there just like he did. And, oh God! And so he wants to leave Josh Allen. Okay. Yeah, like his brother. His brother's already putting memes out there of him in a cowboy uniform. Like I I cancers, man. They one bad apple ruins a whole batch, and this cat has been one. And I know for a fact he is one. He's a shit bird. We all know it. Uh, number eight, Terry McLaurin. I got I got Terry McLaurin at number oh, eight. Underrated. underrated. If he a real quarterback, he'd be top five-ish. Very yes. skilled player. Yes. Zach Smith coached him. Yeah. Uh, Zach thinks he's a top three talent. Uh, number seven, I got Keenan Allen. Uh, if he didn't get hurt, I think he could have been a top three Great or four Great technician. Guy. Great yeah, technician. He's, he's a, I've been watching him since Cal. Uh, uh, he's, he's a guy that could be big time. Number six, I got Mike Evans. He's on the edge of his – Yeah. He's got – he's on the edge. I, I thought he – uh, last year, I said he was the best receiver in football for a stretch. Um, he showed some glimpses again this year. He's just getting older. He reminds me of an older Julio Jones without the speed now. He's getting older, and they're both injury prone. Um, number five, Armand St. Brown. I got, him as, I got him as a guy climbing the ladder. Armand St. Brown. Productive. He could be a he could be a top two or three guy here in the next couple of years if golf keeps feeding him like he does. But the bottom line is, you only know you climb the ladder when you win some meaningful games. He's gonna have to win a playoff game in Detroit, even though he's not the quarterback. He's gonna have to be on a winning team. Number four, I got Cooper Cup. Uh, mm. He's hurt. He's hurt. You never know how you come back from an injury. Uh, a lot of people thought he was the best fo- uh, receiver in football the last few years. Obviously, he breaks the record and all that, but I got him at four because this is a projection yeah. for next year, yeah. Steve. So, uh, number three, I got Jamar Chase. Uh, Ooh. He, he's unbelievable, and I know we can argue these top could three. Be number right one. He could you, be you number can, one. He could be number one. You can move my top three around yeah. in any manner you want. If any, you know, objectively yeah. speaking, if we're arguing opinions, we can argue all day that Jamar Chase is the three. Justin Jefferson, I got at two. Yeah. Devontae Adams, I got Devontae Adams at one. I just okay. like Devontae's approach. I like Devontae Adams' quiet approach. He's a freak. He's a big body. He's dominant. Coach. Even with the shitty, even with the shitty car, he still broke the Ra- the Raiders' record. Coach, one guy I would strongly consider putting in, and again, he had injuries, but he is the definition of catch radius. A big body guy that can even stretch a defense. Mike Williams of the Chargers. Yeah, I, I like Mike Williams. And I, and he's I like, real I good. Like, I like uh, I like AJ Brown too. Yeah. Um, well, AJ Brown's a tough one to leave out, Coach. And I like Lockett. I like Lockett. Yeah. Well, AJ Brown's a. I would have AJ Brown on my top ten. So who do I, you take out? All right. Let me let me let me put it on the clicker here. Uh, who do you take out? Who do you take out of that list right there? Do you take? Look at it, it's on the clicker right there. DJ you got you got Diggs, McLaurin, Keenan Allen. Okay, I can see you arguing you take Mike Evans out for A.J. Brown? Yes, because A.J. right now has liver, fresher legs. Remember, A.J. Brown's only 25 years old, I believe. I, w- I was stunned when the Titans traded him. I didn't understand that. And he runs those in-breaking routes. He's a big-bodied, and, and he has the ability to make people miss. He can beat you over the top. 
And then, okay, and then we got we got this is my projection for next year. This is not who I think are the best receivers in football because if I it would if it was that if I was putting the best receivers in football, I would have Tyreek Hill in there. I'd probably have yep. Hopkins in there. I'd probably have so Hill uh, right now is not in your Hill has to be somewhere. I mean, coach, he's so explosive. Well, this is the deal. I don't know what's going to happen next year. Is it going to be Tua? Is he going to? Is he? Are they going to figure that thing out? Are they going to get another guy? I don't know if Waddle and Tyreek Hill have the same success. No, next but year. Coach Hill's ability to run the way he does, he almost makes any quarterback look better than they are. I mean, think about it. From Mahomes to Tua, you would say there's a difference. He was still unbelievable, and he changes the way you play a defense. That, that there's a certain value to what he does on that second and third level because you got to back off that guy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I think I misspelled Devontae. Um, yeah, I think I spelled misspelled his name. Um, I hate misspelling names. Um, my boy John Hadley sent me that, by the way. I uh, fucked up his name. I uh, appreciate it. Um, I love being corrected when I'm wrong, by the way. People don't realize. People say, oh, man, fuck that. I know how to spell. No, I spelled it wrong. Fucking, I'm wrong. Like, <laughs> admit it. Like, goddamn, I admit when I'm wrong. Um, now, see, I'm not apologizing for fucking that up, though. Um, <laughs> all right. All right, Steve, here. How about, all right. That's my, now, the top, the top 10 receivers, I would have Tyreek Hill in there. I would have Hopkins in there. Yeah. I would have A.J. Brown in there. But this is my projection for next year. So okay. I can argue taking Mike Evans out next year for the same argument of Tyreek Hill and put Tyreek Hill in there um, because we don't know what Evans has either. And we don't know what Tyreek Hill has either. And we don't even know where Hopkins is going. So that's why I'm leaving those guys out. CeeDee Lamb is a possibility, but he drops a lot of balls. He does. Great yards after catch, though. Unbelievable yak, one of the best I've ever seen it just sliding off defenders. But you're right, as a number one receiver, you have to have a better percentage of catchable balls that don't drop. Exactly, exactly. Um, all right. I gotta get into this. Uh, I got you. How long I got you? Ten more minutes, and I gotta get out of here. All right. Top 20 wide receivers of all time. All time. Okay, hold on. Okay. I know who my number one is. And, and by I the got, way, there better be no one A or one B, you waffler. God, there's not. There's, God. Not, there's okay. not. And my number one is probably going to piss you off. All right, oh, here no. we go. Oh, number no. 20, all time, Reggie Wayne. Oh, Reggie, yeah. Reggie Wayne and every, oh, Miami Hurricane, too. Oh, my God. He's so mad. You know what? Put him in the Hall of Fame. But, yes, Reggie oh, Wayne. No, the best pure route runner out of Miami. An absolute Maybe. clinic, an absolute textbook on how to run routes and come out of routes and catch the ball. Maybe you're right, yeah. Um, but that's Miami. Uh, you know, you know, it, Michael Irvin. You got a few other guys. You know, I take Michael Irvin all day long over yeah. him. So, um, all right, number number uh, nineteen, Henry Ellard. Yes, should be in the Hall of Fame. He was only about five ten, but he ran every route in that Norv Turner Coriel offense. He was tough. And if when he retired, he was in the top five in a lot of receiving categories. And I will say it again: put old Henry in Canton. The guy deserves it. Number eighteen, another Colt, Marvin Harrison. Ooh, some would say that's a little bit low. Some I, would, I know they are. I know, yeah, they but are. you know, I know John Hadley, John Hadley's going to say he's. Low. I guarantee you, he'll say he's low. I bet. Yeah. You he's low. Uh, great, great all-around receiver, but his ability, him and him and. 
Peyton's ability to play their own game at times was astounding. They, they just look at each other, know what to run based on how the defense lined up was amazing. He played in the era, though, with Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt. Yes. They were very similar guys. Very, they weren't yes, they guys. were. They weren't freak of nature guys. They were They were all hands. Ball was always caught with their hands. Yeah. They had a hell of a radius, catch radius, and they caught after the brand. They, 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 they were great route runners. They knew how to get out of they, – they were very smart players before yeah. the rule changes. Yeah. Meaning – they weren't taking hits like well, – they got out of bounds. Marvin Harrison was a guy, as soon as they caught the ball, if there was no more yak, he would just fall down. <laughs> he would say, okay, we're done. Their journey is over. Isaac and Tori did that too. And that, yeah. was, that was also a coaching thing back then. We used to coach that for those smaller wideouts because Peyton Manning, Kurt Warner, Trent Green, those guys needed those guys to be healthy. Yeah, so, by the way, Isaac Bruce, the last number – he was one of the he was the last draft choice, the top draft choice of the Rams in 1994 out of Memphis. By the way, LA Junior College. Yes, LA Junior uh, College, too. Uh I got 17. Isaac Bruce. I Great got Isaac technician. Bruce, 17. Great technician. Again, another the guy. Best big runner of all time. The best right. big route runner of all time. Uh 16, Art Monk. Oh, great intermediate receiver. Very tough. He could run that hook route. Uh, he was actually in 1980s one of the first guys that started catching over like a hundred balls. I think he had like 111 in 1984. Just thinking about that, just a model of consistency. Yep, I uh, love them. Uh, number 15, Steve Largent. Uh, that seems this seems low, Coach. This I seems, know, but I'm, I'm having. I'm, I'm trying to compare eras with athletes having to play now versus. Yeah, but uh, Coach, Coach. He played against Mike Haynes and Lester Hayes. The athleticism was fine. It's not like he played against slow white defensive backs in the 50s. You might turn me because I would probably have put him a little higher, but I really thought this list out, and it's tough, man. Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough. the elite. It's the elite of the elite. All right, 14, 14, another white guy, Fred Blitnikoff. You know, if you're, I'd actually flip him and Largent, though. I think Largent had a better ability to go deep. Uh, probably Largent. did. Probably did. I just but, think. But uh, again, the one guy played with Stickham. How good were his hands? Yeah. So, you know. All right. This one right here is a little controversial. I, I would probably have this guy in the top. I would probably have him in the top three if he wasn't such a shitbird and end his career early. Uh, Antonio Brown, 13. Yes. He was trending that way. He was absolutely trending to challenge almost every receiving mark, but his own behavior just really cost him. I, I wonder if he's going to make the Hall of Fame because if you actually look at his body of work, he makes a very strong case even now. Oh, no, no doubt. We, I, I think he's a top three talent of all time. Yeah. Um, number 12, a guy that's going to be on my show next week, Tim Brown, Hall of Famer. Yeah, that, this is about right. Great all-around player. Kickoff returns, punt returns and receiving and for the good part of his career i don't think he had great quarterback play but he still racked up 1000 yard seasons uh regularly so this sounds about right number 11 andre reed andre reed one of one of the more underrated guys some people might think he's a little high but he was one of the best i've ever seen at yak he turned into a running back once he got that ball in the open field his ability to make people miss and also break tackles. Great, great uh, component of that K-Gun offense in Buffalo. All right, top 10. Number 10, 
Lance Allworth. You know what? Uh, explosive guy. Played in that wide open AFL for the Chargers. I, no complaints here. He was one of the forerunners. Lance Allworth, number 10. Number nine, your very own Michael Irvin. Low. Too low. I, 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 I battle with this top 10 here. In, this is in his era, there's only one guy that was better, and even Michael Irvin admitted it. Michael Irvin said, said, look, no one is Jerry Rice. That's Jesus and cleats. But everyone else in my era, they didn't win the way I did, and they didn't make as many big plays, whether that's Chris Carter, Sterling Sharp, Andre Reid. Michael Irvin, to me, is top five to six-ish. But I am biased. I'll be the first to tell you that. When it comes to Michael Jerome Irvin, I am very biased. I love no him. I love him too. I love when he played too. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, number eight, Lynn Swan. Too high. Too high. Way too. I he won't even make my top twenty. Really? He, he wasn't even as good as Stallworth. He made really? some unbelievable acrobatic historic catches. He was not as good as Stallworth. His numbers just went out there, and I get it. The different era. He was also banged up a lot, a little bit frail. I thought he was unbelievable in that era. He was I a thought, clutch receiver, but he was not as good as Stallworth. All right. Well, all right. Well, here my top the rest out. I got number seven, and a lot of people won't agree with this. Sterling Sharp. Yes. Sterling Sharp, before his neck injury, was headed to the Hall of Fame, and I still think maybe he should be in the Hall of Fame. Unbelievably physical. I remember watching him at, at uh, South Carolina. He was one of the few guys in 87 at the Miami defense when they won the national title. I actually felt like, man, that guy was not afraid of that my, Jimmy Johnson defense. Just an absolute beast. Shannon Sharp admits it. I'm yes. not the best player in my own family. No, he, yes. That says it all. He knows. Um, number six, John Stallworth. Okay. I, I think it's a little high, but I'm just telling you, I think, I think he's actually a lot better or more productive than Lynn Swan was. Stalwart was a big body, lanky receiver. Very good. Great, in fact. Number five. All right. Top five. Here we go. Controversy sales. Uh, number five, Randy Moss. Some would say that's too low. I but know. I, I but know. I didn't like, but as you would say, I didn't like some of his shitbirdness. He would quit on routes, not play, stuff. With, and I don't think he ran a complete a route tree as Terrell Owens. And that always gets me in trouble. I thought Terrell Owens was a more complete receiver. But with Terrell, um, there was issues there. Randy Moss is the best take-the-top-off receiver I think I've ever seen. He could tell you he's running a nine route and still beat you with it. It was unbelievable. All right, you can still hear me. you got the big screen. Number yes, four. I do. I, Randy Moss, I got Randy Moss at five because I thought he, was just, he wasn't the complete right. guy in totality uh, as this guy was. Number four, Terrell Owens. Oh, who can make a play? He can. I love Terrell Owens. In his prime, I thought he was as good as any receiver – I had ever seen not named Jerry Rice and his ability to get a, a, a smoke screen and just shove guys off and make linebackers look like peewee football players and house it was unbelievable. Um, Terrell Owens, to me, it's really a shame that his legacy is clouded by some of his behavior because he's one of the biggest absolute freaks I've ever seen play that position. All right, number three, Calvin Johnson. Megatron. I know he retired early, but again, he was getting beat up. He wanted to be able to walk when he was 45, completely respected. At his best coach, I thought the toughest matchup in the NFL for a full decade, that you could literally have him triple teamed. If you high-pointed it and threw it correctly, he could just 
go out there and high point the ball and make plays out of nothing. I would argue he might have been the bet, the, the worst nightmare of all time. Yeah. Um, number two. Jerry oh, Rice. Oh, my God. Jerry Rice, number two. This whole list loses validity. I don't well, – you're overthinking. Number two, Jerry Rice. Are you let out of your mind? Let me, let me, if you, you could have... guess my number one before I say it, if you could guess one – um, I'll send you, um, uh, I'll send you a, a Wagyu steak. Yeah. I, wait a minute. If it's not Moss or Tio, who's number like Paul Warfield. Cause I love, by the way, Paul Warfield should be in your top 20. I got, I got another list. I'm going to tell you, but yeah, no. Warfield could play in this era with his speed. Paul Warfield was ahead of his time. You know, number. Oh, nope. I, I know. Hey, Warfield's nephew played quarterback for me. Yeah, I Warfield was a sprinter. And by the way, Andre Johnson needs to make your top twenty. Okay, I got, I got it. I got him at twenty-one. Man. Wow. Well, first, you you disrespect Edron James, and now Andre Johnson. You know, all us Miami fans can only look twenty years behind for anything good, and you don't even give us this. So, who would be your number one receiver? Don Hudson, Chris Carter. Chris Carter is uh, – you don't even – nobody even realizes what that man did. A great player. But you're really saying – No, you haven't even mentioned him, by the way. Okay, but Chris Carter ran a lot of option routes, a lot of short stuff, and it's great. Okay, so he's the original Wes Welker. Come on, coach. You Wes really – Welker? A little, little hook routes, you know, option. Coach. Chris Carter, you yeah, said, I, he was the you know, original Odell Beckham. He had the he never uh, dropped he did the, the one-handed catches. Yeah, Buddy Ryan he had one of the funniest the quotes. Remember what remember what he said, Buddy Ryan? Well, all Chris Carter does, you know, he just catches touchdowns. That was great. But anyway, so you're telling me if you were starting a team as the quarterback, you would take Chris Carter before T.O., Randy Moss, Michael Irvin, and Jerry Rice. Really? Chris Carter, by the way, I don't know why people think he's what he, you know, Chris Carter, I stood next to him many times. His son played at Coffeeville Community College. Yeah. Chris Carter is six, four, all American basketball player in high school. Yeah. I'm going to make sure we know he's not he five, actually, eight. And he actually went to an all American camp where he saw a young, young guy by the name of Mike Jordan, whatever happened to him. But another guy, someone just brought up and said, Larry Fitzgerald's not in your top 20. I got him at 22. Good. Great. My God. All right, here, here. Hold on. Let me give you a list. I want you to take this list, all right, real fast. I got I got Andre Johnson, Andre 3000, um, left out, left out. I left out Torrey Holt, who I think is unbelievable. I left out Fitzgerald, Julio Jones, Taylor. Uh, uh, I, I left out Taylor. I left out Clayton and Duper. I left out Don Hudson and Don Maynard. James Lofton. Charlie Joyner. I left James. out an under, a very underrated guy right here, Steve, that I that I nestled with putting him in my top 20, Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith put up great numbers. And by the way, actually drafted by the 92 Cowboys. That's how deep they were. Couldn't make that. No James Lofton? I, I left out Chad Johnson, Steve Smith, Andre Risen, Bad Mood Risen. And Bad I left mood, out yep. James Lofton, Bob Hayes, Paul Warfield, Anquan Bolden, and Bobby Mitchell. No, I just cannot believe NFL Network did a top 100 players of all time. Jerry Rice was the number one player regardless. But with you, he's not even the number one. See, this is what he's doing, guys. 
Coach JV is expanding his horizons. You think, you know what? Kansas City hates me. I'm going to piss off the Bay Area. I know what you're doing. I see it. I can see what you're So Bay Area, if you want to hang up on a guest, please call Coach JV and let him explain himself. Hey, John, John Hadley said, someone's smoking meth and his name is not Steve Kim. Oh, come on, Jay. Hey, hold on, no. To be fair, John Hadley, Steve, Steve Kim, let me ask you something. Is the top five not totally interchangeable? No, it is. Except it should be Jerry Rice and four other guys, including Michael Irvin. But yeah, you're you're right. But look, I Jerry hate Rice, Jerry Rice was unbelievable through 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 availability, duration. The, uh, oh my God, the guy! I, I, he just oh, he just did, he didn't do it. He didn't do it for me. He didn't do it for me like he did for everyone else. Coach, coach, let me just say something. Nobody ran a completer route tree. And could do as many things and then also block. And he was deadly on end arounds and reverses. Look, I hated Jerry Rice as a kid because number one, I'm a Michael Irvin homer and I was a big Ram fan. So when he would battle Jerry Gray and Leroy Irvin, they had some great battles. But over time, the greatness of Jerry Rice, that even before Warren Sapp tore his face mask off and tore up his knee, that guy, 12, 13, 14 years in, was still putting up major numbers. And he was a great Super Bowl player. Look at his Super Bowl stats, how big he was in those games. Come look on. At, look at Chris Carter's touchdown-to-catch to ratio. Chris Carter caught more touchdowns per game than any other receiver in the history of football. Okay, but you're telling me, as a quarterback, you want him over your number one receiver over Jesus and Cleats? He ain't Jesus in Cleveland. Michael Irvin said it. I just take Michael Irvin's word. He's a good, he's a fine man. He's a fine man, that Michael Irvin. All right, Steve. <laughs> here we go, Steve. I got I got a question for Steve. Steve is probably the most, he's an encyclopedia waiting to happen. Whoever, whoever can call in first with Steve and I right now, and if Steve can guess the trivia question correctly, I will give a hoodie out. To the first guest who calls in, I'm going to drop the link in the chat right now. Call in right now. The first person to call in right now. And then I'm going to ask Steve the question. If he answers it, whoever calls in gets the hoodie. I'm going to put the, I'm going to put the link in the chat right now. Bam. Whoever grab, whoever calls in first right now, call in. And then whoever can call, you guys can flood the call, call and call in. And if, if Steve don't get it, and the person that calls in gets it, you'll get it, obviously, or the next person will get it. So here we go. Call in. If if you think Steve knows all this stuff, let's get it going. This is a tough trivia question. And if anybody can get it, Steve probably can. So uh, call in. We'll wait on you to call in. The first person to call in. Here we go, Steve. Yeah. You ready for this? Yeah. In 2000. Right. All right. In 2000, Sean Waffles, first one to call in. Kansas City native, by the way, Steve. Kansas City native. They love you up there. Not a Chiefs fan. In 2000, who became the first team to make four first-round picks in the same draft? Jets. And who are the players? Sean Abraham. or, Or it was Abraham. Ellis, Anthony back the tight end out of West Virginia, and Pennington? God damn it, he got it right! Oh, oh my God! 
Oh my God, Steve hey, Kim is on hot. that one. I gotta Sean go work out. Got the hoodie, and he now is Sean, on two You're hoodies. welcome, Sean. You are welcome. This is what I do for the American public. <laughs> I am a man of the people. God bless them. I, look, I, guys, I gotta get out of here because I gotta work out. Because all of this does not come natural. I gotta work at this. But Waffle, every time you wear that hoodie, I want you to think of the old Kimster. I did Steve, that. Steve, you're too. an encyclopedia, and then some. You know what? That's what us Asians do. We can't play a damn, but we watch a lot. That's what we do. Hey, That's what we do. You got a steel trap memory, brother. Lucy, Lucy may buy Steve something because Lucy thinks my trivia is too hard, and Steve <laughs> absolutely crushed the question, oh. got it right, and Sean now is owed two hoodies. By the way, he's got a he he won another trivia that the hoodie hasn't been sent to my house wow. yet. Wow. You know so, what? I feel like Jimmy Johnson being lifted from his players after winning the '88 Orange Bowl. Uh, his national, that's what I feel like right now. I am invigorated going into my workout. <laughs> so, guys, have a great morning. I'm going to be on Fearless later and keep watching the show. I'll, I'll keep watching you guys. Thanks, Steve. Right, appreciate it. Steve, always. Waffle, you got saved, man. That dude knows his shit. My goodness sakes. That is a, wow. I was blown. You got that? I cannot. I thought I know a lot, and then I met this guy, and I'm like, oh, this guy's on a whole different plank. His, this guy's on a whole different stratosphere. Yeah, wow, he uh, he's sitting there knowing that, like off the cuff. You know, he couldn't Google that that fast. Um, no, he's yeah. just he's super, super. He's he's freaking Rain Man, man. He's crazy hey, smart. The Korean Yao Ming, man. Wow. Hey, Sean, I appreciate you. I'm gonna get you those two hoodies, man. I got I got your address. I got. I'm gonna get those two hoodies out to you. Hopefully, yeah, uh, extra large. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get you. Uh, I'll email you and get make sure I have your address. All right, appreciate it, Coach. Thanks. Um, Steve Kim saves the day. Um, I'm going to start doing trivia um, probably three times a week starting on Monday, so make sure you guys stay tuned. Become a member. Uh, only members will be able to call in and become a trivia question recipient, so make sure you are a member, and make sure you guys join the Slap Nation uh, Discord um, if you haven't already. Um, some great banter. Hey, listen, it's my list, all right? We'll get Matt's list tomorrow. It's my list. It's not yours. I love Chris Carter. He caught more touchdowns um, per game than anybody, and that's just what I I go off that. I love Chris Carter. Clutch catches. He was unbelievable. He made Randy Moss who he is. Without Chris Carter, Randy Moss don't get off in Minnesota like he did. Randall Cunningham don't have an MVP season. And you can say what you want to say. That's the truth. Um, it's my list, though. So I don't care. I don't care if he was slow. So was Steve Largent. And Jerry Rice was fucking 4-7. Don't stop with the fast shit. Jerry Rice was 4-7. So why are you why are you now talking about speed, homie? Jerry Rice was a 4-7 guy. So was Steve Largent. I never saw anybody guard them. I never saw nobody guard them. Come on, man. Miss me with the slow narrative shit. Um, I got to get to Eric Bieniemy. I got to get to Eric Bieniemy, and I got to break down. I got to defend my boy on some, some level. Uh, I want you to take a listen and hear this uh, little soundbite um, of Eric Bieniemy. One teaching. You know, we talk about football. We're talking about 
inside zone footwork reads, you know, our alignments, our assignments. We teaching everything from day one as if he's never heard it again. On top of that, fellas, we will have a third and seven to ten period. Okay? Which still, we gotta expect what? Blitz. Blitz. If they don't blitz, now we get out. Okay? I've always been taught professionals are the ones who go. The enemy used to get after Adrian Peterson's ass. He used to get after Drew, Drew Jones Drew. Uh, Drew Jones, whatever, Jones Drew in UCLA. He gets after everybody. He got after Tyreek Hill. You're going to hear that too. We ran the man route, uh, in the zone route versus man today. Yeah, I ran the man route in the zone. I, was, I, was, I thought we went back to the last play. That's what I was that thinking. Play. Why? That play. I, I, I thought we went back to the last play. Nah, bro, we ain't go back to the last okay, play. Okay, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Well, they said it in the huddle, didn't okay. they? That's what I thought. Since we've been together, it's like a marriage. The bottom line, we got to make it work. I'm just telling you what we went through my mind, because the last play was clearly a bust. What are you calling the huck? I'm just telling you what I was thinking, okay? Tiger, Tiger, Tiger. What are you calling the huck? What are you calling the huck? It's all right. What did he call the huck? All right, whatever. What are you calling the huck? All right, I'm telling you what I was thinking, man, okay? I don't care what you were thinking. What did he call it? All right. What did he call? I don't know. He can cuss me out. I swear I have to say, man, maybe five, Ten seconds later, you know, we sitting there talking back, you know, to each, you know, talking and communicating like nothing, you know, ever happened. Get past it, refocus, regroup. Come in. I'm good. No, no, come in. Fake 97 power, naked right fullback slide. We want to sell that thing with outside. Whenever we have an argument, we always make sure that hey, by the end of the day, we're gonna resolve it and we're gonna move on and move forward. Tyreek Hill. Also has something to say. In the league, I was a running back, and EB coached running backs. You feel me? Mm -hmm. So, like, he made me understand who I was as a player. And to him, mm -hmm. it's bigger than football. Like, playing football is, is part of the blessing. But outside of football, who you are as a person, how you carry yourself every day as a person, that's, mm -hmm. that's the message what he was delivering to me, dog. That made me realize who I was. That made me understand my true power. And... Truth be told, not a lot of people will understand EB as a coach because right. he's a yeller. He, he like to yell. He like to do this and that. Right. But that right. phase me, bro. I must be able to sit there right. and listen to you. And he's a yeller. Oh, does that remind you of somebody? He's a yeller. That don't mean he's offensive. That don't mean he's an asshole. That's how you perceive it to be. That's how you take it. Tyreek Hill, by the way, Juco. He was yelled at at Garden City. Trust me. By the way, Adrian Peterson, tough-skinned cat who's had some fuck-ups his, in his own right, took the coaching and became better. Like, this ain't personal. You guys act as if... See, to me, I told you guys... Last year when Shady McCoy came out and talk, talked that shit on EB, and I came out and said, listen, I know EB ain't calling the plays per se, but you know what? For you to call out your coach after you leave is a bitch-made move. Shady McCoy, to me, is doing bitch-made acts. And I'm being honest. It Real recognizes real. And EB, do you really think wakes up in the morning to go attack Shady McCoy at practice on a personal level. You guys give coaches too much credit. This ain't a personal vendetta. This ain't no personal beef. 
we didn't get into the coaching profession to be a personal attacker of your character and your person. We don't give a shit about all that. We are here to make you better. It ain't personal. It's results-oriented. This is a results-oriented business. Hate me now, love me later. When I get you to the Hall of Fame, Adrian Peterson, when I get you to be the best running back in the NFL for a stretch, Adrian Peterson, ask Adrian Peterson who made him the best football player in the, in the NFL for a stretch. He'll tell you Eric Bieniemy. So will Tyreek Hill. So will Jamal Charles. So for everyone talking shit about EB, somebody is also backing him up. Jermaine Johnson. Kudos to Jermaine. Love him to death. What did he do? Everybody was assassinating me. Everybody that never met me, by the way, that don't know me, came out. JB's an asshole. Fuck that guy. Da -da 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 -da. Jermaine Johnson comes out on Twitter. JB, my dude, you don't know him. That motherfucker will give you his shirt off his back. He'll bring you in and talk to you about real life shit. He don't give a fuck. Just because he yells at you don't mean nothing. Go find the tweet from Jermaine Johnson. Go find the tweet from all the players who talk shit about me. Good luck finding those. I haven't seen one yet. But real recognizes real. Why do my players come on the show I, I, if they hate me so much? Come on, man. You guys believe a show too damn much. You saw the kid, Jamar, working out with Matt McChesney, comes on and says, where's my dude at? First thing out of his mouth, wasn't it? Looks at me. What? what I call him? Motherfucker. Because <laughs> that's my baby. He knows I love the motherfucker to death. Jamar's one of my favorite of all time. Calvin Jackson comes on the show all the time. Calvin hits me up to come on the show. So, I'm just saying. Come on, man. Don't believe everything you see or hear. If you don't know the person, <laughs> come on, man. EB, SoCal native. He is, I, I hope he does well, man. I do. I hope he does well. I think the players will play for him. He's going to ruffle feathers, dog. He's going to ruffle feathers. Trust me. He's going to ruffle feathers. Okay. Uh, the Coach JB Show at gmail.com is my email. The Coach JB Show at gmail.com. Email me if you have anything you want on the show, anything you want to see, anything you want to talk about. If you get information, analytics, data you want me to share that I think is worthy of the show, send it to the email. I'll put it on the show. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a motherfucker of the people. I'm not no big time fucking too good ass motherfucker i ain't that dude um but we'll see we'll see uh man it's always good already two and a half hours already in we've uh we've done a lot um appreciate you guys all hitting the like button sub subscribe become a member if you're not one join the discord if you haven't already uh share the show on your social media platforms coachabstore.com Make sure you go um, you go get some gear. There's some merch on there, coachjbstore.com. Become a member. We're going to start doing trivia. I'm going to start giving away merch. Become a member. Audio book to come. 
Stay tuned. The audio book is on the way. We're going to get it going. Joe Pancakes, much love to you. Uh, Jerry Adams, much love. Become a member. Probably have a better chance meeting me if you're a member of the show. Um, hey, much love. Appreciate everybody this morning coming in, as always, on this Thirsty Thursday from the new Slapdick Cigar Studio and Lounge. Uh, love the setup. Hopefully you love the setup. Um, Radio 610, you fucking shitbird, pussy fucks. You motherfuckers couldn't have me on your fucking show because you couldn't handle the truth, motherfuckers. You <laughs> I love it. I love it. Appreciate everybody, man. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Fearless Friday. We're going to get after it. Come here, Ash. Come here, Baba. Come here, Baba. Come here, Papa. Come here, ass. Come here. You want some? Come here. 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 Come here. Hey, let you let you leave. Let you leave with a bang. Come here, Baba. Come here. Come here. What's up, Baba? Somebody said, Ash, you got a Merle puppy. No, he's not a Merle. He's a fucking tri-Merle. Make sure you don't get it twisted. This motherfucker's a tri-Merle. Tell the people hi. Sniff. Good boy. You got a rash on your balls, though. We got to get that fixed. Cortisone dated for you. We got to go get you a shot. Where's Callie? Let's see if Callie's coming out. Callie! Hey, Callie! Look at Come on, Callie. Come on, Callie. What's up, mama? Ash, you've been you're missing. You're missing your mama, huh? You're missing your sister. Hey, real deal. Callie, what's up, baby? You okay? It's snowing. It's snowing outside. You got to go pee-pee? Go outside. It's snowing. Hey, it's a great day to have a great day. Uh, we'll see you on the other side. Fearless Friday tomorrow. Last chance cue. Sean Salisbury and I will be live tonight. Join us, 5 p.m. We'll get after it. Peace. Why? You couldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight, you little fuck. <laughs>